This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is broken. Dean's all whack. Nice pickle chips, by the way. Please bring fun cast back. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. Chris, we are here at episode number 60, which feels like a, I don't know why that's that's a big number to me. Like, that's just a really round and good number. I like that number 60. Yeah, that's a solid, 52, that's technically one year, but 60 sure. feels feels strong. 60 feels extremely strong. We, uh, especially starting out season seven, episode one mm-hmm. with episode 60 of the podcast. That feels pretty fucking good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm like it. How are you today, man? What's happening I'm doing in the, in pretty the world of Chris Moser today? Hey, the sun was out when I got out of work again. And that's, dear listener, dear Jeremy, that's all I ask for in this world. You know that old saying, sun's out, bun's out. So time that's, to, time to I, get that's what I shout out, each time I leave work. I, and then everyone in the parking lot is like, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> and while are his pants off? Put your pants back on, Chris. <laughs> Calling the police. <laughs> so you got arrested today. Uh, so I got arrested, but I'm out on bail. So... <laughs> Are you going with the old sun's out, buns out defense? That old chestnut? Yes. You're going to bring that one out in court? And the cop was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah that's, you're the fourth one this week, Sonny. He was very <laughs> understanding. Uh, I was listening to my wife, Autumn, on the Radio Free Midworld podcast. They're covering that book, Desperation. Have you ever mm-hmm. read that one? I Yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, do you remember like the first probably like the first few chapters of that book is just just people being pulled over and terrified Mm -hmm. by the police and that's Mm -hmm. basically every interaction with a cop i've ever had just yes sir no sir i'm so sorry i'm please don't (laughs) take me to jail same (laughs) i don't know why my buns are out the sun's out the the sun's out and i just got a little excited (laughs) the sun's going down the sun's not even really out i don't know why my buns out i just feel stupid now Speaking of buns Mm. i think we have uh we should probably uh inform the listener that this episode we are only covering uh, one episode of Supernatural. We are covering episode one of season seven. I don't know if we said that before, but now I'm saying it. We we have not said it. Um, well, I mentioned that well, that's the Speaking episode we're buns. covering. Uh, usually, we uh, usually we cover two episodes per podcast. We're actually going to uh, shrink that down for the foreseeable future. Like we're going to go down to one episode. Um, it's for a lot of reasons. I think um, me personally, uh, it's it's an investment of time. Also, um, I think sometimes maybe we, we skip through that second episode as we start getting to like hour mm-hmm. three of recording and, uh, you know, everyone's favorite season is season seven. I don't, I don't know if that's <laughs> obvious on the internet. So we really want to slow yeah. it down. To, widely known as mm, the best. Season. Widely known as the best season. They really should have ended it after season seven is what, you know, ah, the, is what everybody says on the internet. The common uh, yeah. saying. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what's it's at the top of the Wikipedia page. Um, but also as, as our, as our, as this podcast is growing and as we are meeting Patreon goals, and things like that uh we we also just need to have more time to release that bonus content and to release mm-hmm. stuff that we want to do and uh not that we don't like doing this show or anything but we just want to kind of shrink it down so it's a little bit more manageable for us we're still going to try to put out the same content it's going to come out every week we're going to get bonus episodes everything's going to be good we're just going to slow down the pace of the show a little bit mm-hmm. um, i think that that tech, this is technically going to lead to more content it's just going to be uh, one episode of Supernatural per podcast. Yeah, it's gonna really, it's gonna eventually mean like more episodes of this podcast. Uh, it's just gonna be a little bit slower paced for people, and uh, yeah. it'll also give us the ability, like I said, to do bonus episodes. You're gonna be hearing more of me and Chris, just in smaller doses, which I think 
mm-hmm. it's probably going to work better for people anyway <laughs> to be honest yeah. like recording a three-hour podcast is a little ridiculous <laughs> let's let's just be real chris <laughs> it's i mean yeah it's a little bit but we love our hunks we do we do love our hunks uh i mentioned the patreon you can you can hit us up at patreon.com slash monster of the week if you want to support the show there's some really cool stuff over there uh we've kind of had a lengthy admin section at the beginning so let's just get into the first episode let's do it uh I do want to take a minute before we get into the uh, the blow by blow to say how fucking great this season opener is, Chris. Man, how excited very, very were you good. during this entire episode? This um, they just they just nail it super hard. My first note was that the road so far opening, you know, music thing that they do um, was more thematically consistent than all of season six. They give <laughs> us like the best of the best and streamlined to, to, to some kick-ass rock music. And again, they make our boys look like badasses, but they communicate where we're at currently, like what Castiel just did, i.e. become God, um, or he thinks he did. Um, Sam's got the wall broken in his head. And that's kind of like our two main points. Like they streamlined everything like with our greatest hits, because this is the information that we need to know for this episode and i really really liked how they they did it they cut out all the fluff and of course they would it's like a highlight reel yeah but it just made season six feel really like suddenly like oh looking back like oh okay yeah this was what season six was about where we kind of were just coming off of it feeling a little bit muddled uh yeah muddled muddled is a good word i don't uh yeah. i don't I, I don't know what it is about slow ride which is the song that they chose to set this song yeah, to. oh yeah it, yeah it is. It is. A, it's, a, it's a classic rock song. Like I, I remember mm-hmm. hearing this on the Dazed and Confused soundtrack. Like you know, you know what I'm saying. Like it's 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 yeah. definitely like of of a type. Uh, I don't understand what it has to do with. Like I don't understand like why they chose this song or anything. They just, like it's they just slow did. ride. Take it easy. And that's really the only words that they use. Like they don't get into the the actual verses or anything. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't really understand Slow Ride too much in this. Not that I particularly care. Like it's still a jamming song and it's still yeah. a good montage. So it um yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It really got me hyped up and whatever disappointments I had from season six, they immediately vanished watching this. And I know that I looking back on my memories of season seven, I don't like it as I th- I think I look back at, on it as my least favorite season. I'm thinking that could potentially change. We will see. Because I really liked this episode. However, I also really liked this episode the first time I ever saw it. Regardless of any of that, regardless of the context, it's a it's a, it's a good episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So uh, this episode is uh, number six. Excuse me. This is called "Meet the New Boss." Uh, Castiel takes on his new role as God. Castiel doesn't kill Sam, Dean, and Bobby, but warns them not to interfere in his business. Assuming his new role of God, Castiel sets out to right some of the wrongs in the world. Dean decides they should bind death and order him to stop Castiel, but the former angel is one step ahead of them, leaving Dean to face a very angry death. Meanwhile, Sam struggles to deal with the broken wall in his head. Uh, which is all pretty accurate. Like This sounds all yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoy... We've seen this a couple of times where they just literally pick it up where we left off. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's standing in the same position, and that's exactly what we do here. <laughs> Extremely good. Like, there's no cold open. So, just like, no. this is our cold open. This is say. the cold open. Yeah. It's just, I don't think they've ever done this with a uh, season premiere before. Every season usually has a space of, I think in the past, it was the space of however many months had passed, generally. Uh, maybe season one and two were like a couple of days because like they wake up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that generally speaking, seasons like two and three were like a couple months apart. Um, seasons three and four was four months. Five and six was a year. And now it's just the same scene. 
exactly where we left off. Like it's Bobby replying to the last thing that Cass said in season six. I, uh, I, when I said that I, I enjoy when they always do this, I just meant TV. I wasn't necessarily talking about Supernatural. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> I just meant media in general. <laughs> I like these in, in media res moments. Uh, I don't know why I said that in a way that made it sound like it was Supernatural only, but yeah, here we are. Here we are. Um, so the last thing that Castiel said, and I believe we get the repeat here, or we got it right into the montage, is uh, bow down and or kneel down before me, for I am your Lord and God. Uh, and then, you know, I love this line where uh, Bobby just is like, okay, <laughs> cool, <Yeah. laughs> I'm into it. Like, I'm going to bow down. Uh, this is definitely, a, and like this more than anything is a meet the new boss moment for me. It was like, well, he's the new guy and he can control my life and, and destiny mm-hmm. and also my 401k. So yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to kneel him down. Uh, and of course he's like, he yells the boys like, Hey, you guys need to, you need to be doing this too. And, and Castiel stops them and says like, you're not doing this out of respect or love. You're just, you know, you're scared of me, but you don't actually mean this. So what, what even is the point? Um, which is a pretty introspective thing for a God to say. Yeah. Um, and this is where like, if there was any doubt about like Castiel being gone, Dean tries to reason with him here being like, Oh, come on, Cass. Like it's us. And Castiel is is not having that. He tells Dean that the Castiel that he knew is gone. And I think at some point he calls Dean a brave little ant, basically <laughs> being like, this, that's what you have always been. And I was always rooting for you before. But now, like, I'm on the opposite end of that. And you are like, you are swinging way out of your league here. If you think that you can talk me out of anything or contend with me in any way. Um, I think he agrees to spare them here because like they were his friends and but that's it like there's he said that they were his uh his favorite pets before they turned around and bit his hand that's right and um basically says like i don't have to kill you because you can't do anything to me but Mm -hmm. the moment that you try the moment that you rise up against me is the moment that i'm going to take your lives away from you like i have a small amount of Maybe not respect, but like I, I am, I am letting you free for who you used to be to, to me. But you were no longer that person, and this is like a one shot opportunity. Yeah, and it's at this moment that uh, we we notice Sam, who is uh, just he's realized that, that, that he is <laughs> that he's take he's he's hit the uh, the spiked punch at, in this party, and yeah. his nose is starting to bleed, and he's starting to freak out a little bit. Um, and. Is it does Sam collapse right here, or does he? Just I think start, like, Sam, yeah, out? Sam says something at some point in this exchange about being like Cass, and Castiel is like, "You stabbed me in the back, Sam. So shut the fuck up, <laughs> you most of all." But Castiel, he does. He's like, "I'm not fixing you, Sam, because I said I would fix you if you all stood down, and that is the opposite of what you did." Um, and then yeah, Sam like basically collapses forward, cuts his hand open on a piece of glass. And we see like a flash of of hellfire around him, like consuming him. Not great stuff. And for listeners, not who may super not remember, good. Or uh, people <laughs> that are just picking up the podcast at season seven because it's their phrase, their favorite season. Like most of the internet, I feel like all of the listeners that we've been looking for have been waiting till we get to season seven to start listening to the podcast. Um, sure, sure. But uh, Sam was sent to hell, 
uh, in order to stop the apocalypse. And he hung out with Lucifer and Michael in, in the cage until uh, Castiel went down there and got him, leaving his soul behind. And then eventually they were able, were able to recover his soul. And uh, our good pal Death, that Death, the like Mister Death, yeah, the, the one, Death, <laughs> death uh, with a capital D, capital D Death, uh, <laughs> Big Dick Death, as they like to call him in, in Philadelphia. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Dean calls him anyway. <laughs> um, he he basically put soul put Sam's soul back in his body and created a wall in Sam's mind so that Sam didn't have to deal with the uh, the sort of turmoil that having been to hell for such an extended amount of time would, would cause just a normal human person mm-hmm. um even a, an enormous normal human person <laughs> as <laughs> sam is so all of a sudden castiel has has taken this wall away so he's starting to remember all of these things um and it's kind of scary we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that yeah um for the most part it's like i i am really satisfied with the way that this scene turns out but it just keeps making me think of how I wish season six ended. Like I wanted yeah. more resolution in that finale and not just a cliffhanger that was barely a cliffhanger. Um, but yeah, this, I like the way that this all plays out. It's, you know, Sam had just showed up at the end of season six and stabbed Castiel and like it didn't work, but the fact that he made it there and all that made it seem like he was a little bit more put together than he actually is. And I think Bobby says at a certain point, like, or, or maybe it's Castiel. I don't, one of them says, you know, Sam made it here by, pure adrenaline like he's not fixed this dude is still broken as hell um and yeah we see that he, when he when he falls and he, and he cuts his hand open and i only mentioned the, the cutting of the hand because i do think that that becomes somewhat of a of a plot point i believe so yeah i, but, I, uh, I enjoy this the resolution of this scene too it's it's uh yeah it's it's one of those things it's one of those tv tropes of you leave with a with an enormous cliffhanger and your fans spend six months to a year like what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen and then it's all over within a minute and a half two minutes <laughs> like we've already talked longer about this scene than this scene actually last yeah uh, so it's it's a little weird that way but it, it's perfectly in line with like all of the characters and everything and i'm I've, and i felt pretty good about the way it resolves uh castiel uh, leaves this conversation he jets and then we kind of see this scene with him where the camera is way up close into his face we don't see who he's talking to but he's making a speech about uh every person or excuse me every angel that supported Raphael in any way is is going to get smitten is that is that is that how you do smite that's definitely smitten is like it's like a nice thing <laughs> i know but like i feel like it's, it could work you will be smote <laughs> you, will, you will be i don't know you will be smitten i don't think smited is you. right but <laughs> smited um, is definitely not right yeah but he's going to smite all of the angels that that turned against him in the in the war <laughs> against raphael um he he also says that he's gonna he thought that free will was the answer when he was mm-hmm. when he was leading this war, when he was fighting this war, but now he realizes that that was wrong and that he's going to take a much firmer hand. And the yeah. camera zooms out, and we get this great scene on this enormous, you know, green field of all of these angels that have died, and we see the 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 supernatural thing of uh, when an angel dies, we see their their wings kind of blackened against mm-hmm. the ground where they lay. So we see what like hundreds almost of this like this yeah. zooms way out and it's a really kind of cool scene like it sets them it yeah. sets the stakes really high at the very beginning i really like the the cgi in the scene or i like not the cgi okay the cgi is like god awful it honestly looks really bad but um i really like this scene a lot i love how closely they're following castiel and you know you know that it's going to pan out to some shit in a second yeah, and then they're just close on his face and then they pull that camera back and you just see these dead angels everywhere 
And I really like the the effect of that scene, but I just think it looks really weird. And Castillo looks like he's standing at the wrong angle. Like when I make podcast art and I put somebody's face facing forward mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be slightly tilted to the set, like the perspective is off slightly. Um, I don't know if I've, if I've said this publicly on the on the podcast, so I'm going to take the opportunity now since you brought it up. Chris, your mm-hmm. podcast art is amazing. It's like every oh. time it's usually on the <laughs> night before it comes out, but like you'll text Seconds me the picture before we go live. Yeah, it'll take it'll take. I mean, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Like it's an image. Like all I have to do is upload it. No big. Uh, but you're like you'll text it to me and i'll and i just start like laughing or i'm like oh holy shit and autumn is on the couch next to me he's like what is it and i like just hand her my phone and she's like holy shit <laughs> so g- well, good work thanks. good work good work I i'm glad it. you like it um, um CGI, has a- so, so real quick the cgi here is, yeah. is really bad i i have uh i couldn't get netflix to work when i was watching this this episode so i was mm-hmm. watching my local rip copies and i've mentioned this before <laughs> that my local rip copies are, are like from when this was recorded or aired so it has like tornado warnings and like advertisements yeah. on the bottom yeah. from local tv stations and i couldn't tell if it was just my rip or if it just looked kind of hokey so I'm- it looks like he's standing on a massive green screen like a flat green screen on the uh, ground so like okay. the perspective and they just is cranked up a camera or something okay yeah makes, i don't know i don't sense. know what they did but it looks weird either way it's still a cool scene and um i like his line here he says it's a new day on earth and in heaven rejoice while he's standing in this like basically like graveyard of angels now i feel like this uh this episode specifically is like the closest we get to christianity in mm-hmm. uh, in, in mm-hmm. the supernatural universe somebody asked us about that or maybe mentioned it in the discord or something and uh like we don't really we don't see these boys interact with like the normal christian god we had that one kind of goofy dude who was all into jesus but otherwise jesus really doesn't like they don't talk about jesus as if he's a yeah. good person which is pretty conspicuous <laughs> considering that you know <laughs> they've, they've defeated the seven deadly sins or you know <laughs> and all of that stuff but uh, yeah this like this works for me a lot like i, I like the fact that as soon as Cass gets this power, he starts going into the same tropes for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it works mm-hmm. for me in a real good way. Yeah. Um, all of this is, is really great. And it's, it's paying off on Cass as the villain a little bit better than I expected it to because it just, it changes him. It's like how very quickly the power completely consumes him and he's not Cass anymore. Um, and I don't know how I felt about it in season six. Him saying like, "Oh, bow down unto me, whatever your God, profess your love to me." It just didn't feel like that. Didn't feel like Castiel, even as Castiel the villain. But here, I'm like, no, it doesn't feel like Castiel. It feels like one million souls of worth of power speaking, exactly. and not him. Um, but they do they do another cool shot in the very next scene, and that's the uh, hammering and tightening scene. <laughs> the the Apollo got pretty busted up last time, so Dean he's got to be hammering and tightening those just different parts of the car you know just doing stuff Mm -hmm. but i like that he's like upside down but the camera is facing him like vertical and then they do a full like barrel roll with the camera to show that dean is actually upside down yeah it's it's extremely good i I like these kind of scenes a lot um it's it's one of those things that i think probably take a tremendous amount of effort to get right for four seconds of television uh, mm-hmm. And I, I just appreciate when they put that amount of work into it, uh, and it's and it's yeah. it's really good. Also, I don't want to comment on it every time it comes up, but uh, throughout the beginning of this episode, Dean is dressed in his like I'm fixing the Impala clothes, which is like a jumpsuit, <laughs> yes. like Doctor Venture's jumpsuit that he yes. makes. Uh, that he actually makes Dean Venture wear in that in that cartoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's weirdly fitting. Uh, but yeah, like he's wearing the jumpsuit, and I fucking love it all the time because he's he's just looks he looks like a dude like he's a he very looks like handsome a dude, dude but he doesn't look like a hunk for some reason yeah yeah 
He's just a regular guy all of a sudden. You know, it's like Dean just likes wearing that. He doesn't have to wear it. <laughs> he no, just likes it. <laughs> he doesn't want to get his jacket banged up. He doesn't want to get right, his like. Right. He don't want to get those like flannel shirts. He doesn't want to get any oil on them or anything. He wants to keep, keep those starched and, and ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. So he can pick up some waitresses uh, now that his uh, now that his husband has left to be God. He has to yeah. go pick up some waitresses in return. Yeah, he's recently divorced from God. Um, <laughs> but so there, it's him and Bobby. He's working on the car, and they're they don't really know what to do. Um. So that's why he's he's fixing up the car. That's just like his his one good thing, um, or the one thing good thing that he can focus on. Um, and like Bobby's on the lookout for for any kind of sign. He says like, "What should I be looking out for? Like a trench coat and a tortilla or something?" I like that line a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good line. Bobby also brings uh, Dina beer, so I just want to yeah mention that. Just continue that. Just the boys are going to be drinking a lot, and I like to I like to point it out when they do. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean is is kind of exasperated and kind of yells at Bobby to like, well, just find it, you know, just just do something, to figure it out, and then stops and is like, I'm sorry, I, you know, I'm just I'm just like kind of with all this stuff with Sam and Castiel, I, you know, I, I I realize that I'm he realizes that he's impotent. He doesn't say that, but he's impotent to be able to do anything. He mm-hmm. can't he can't really fix Sam. Uh, they don't even know what's wrong with Sam to fix right now. Yeah, he can't really fix Castiel. Even if they found Castiel, what the hell are they going to do to him? And yeah. so all he can do is just sit here and fix the Impala. So that's, and as soon as Sam wakes up from whatever he's doing, he's going to try to fix Sam. Like he's, yeah. he's kind of focusing on the almost. things that he can. Yeah. It's like, it's when Dean is being this pragmatic, it's usually because he's defeated. He's, I mean, it's sort of been this way since like season three. Dean hasn't really been trying to kick anything in the ass anymore. Uh, he was, he was really like gung ho. Like let's kill that monster. Let's do this thing. Let's be badasses. Like he hasn't really been like that for quite some time. He'll do badass things, but like not cause he wants to, <laughs> <laughs> he used to enjoy the hunter life. And I don't think he does in any way, shape or form anymore. Not at all. Um, and I think that, you know, that is maybe the biggest takeaway that we didn't talk about in season six and in our feedback episode where we kind of wrap up our thoughts for the season, um, which is that he's all of this stuff over the last six years have just taken out any kind of enthusiasm he has for this job. Like he can't mm-hmm. be a normal person. He's stuck being this. And now that he's stuck being this, he kind of hates it versus, you know, yeah. season one where he's bragging about shooting, you know, things in the woods with a crossbow at 16 years old. Mm hmm. But now he's him and his family have been so harried throughout these last years that he he hasn't been able to do anything. He has he has yet to be proactive. Like we haven't seen him um, try to uh, like prevent something from happening or just like you know save anybody. <laughs> like he's been right. barely saving right. anybody at this point, which you know is one of the two things that the family business is. And you know what? I, weirdly, what I was thinking about when he says at a certain point to Castiel, "You should have listened to me," or "Why didn't you listen to me?" That's a big part of of Dean's whole thing for the last couple seasons is just trying to tell everybody else what to do and nobody listening to him. <laughs> and then I start to think like, does that make Dean kind of a dick? Like he had this whole issue with Sam because he was trying to tell him like, hey, what you're doing is wrong and you need to listen to me. And Sam was like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, like that's that's a Dean fault that we don't talk about. I feel like we don't usually criticize him the same way because he you know just somehow pulls it off better. Um, but I have been thinking, like, yeah, he just like tried to tell Castiel what to do, and Castiel was like, "No, you're a human. Like, I'm. You don't get what I'm going through." And he tried to tell Sam what to do, and Sam's like, "I've got demon blood in me, Dean. You don't get what I'm going through. Yeah, and do something good with it, Mom." <laughs> so I think that they don't address Dean's weaknesses as much because it seems like, especially from like our point of view, like Dean is usually in the right, but that doesn't mean that he's acting right or approaching situations correctly. Um. 
And yeah, season seven, I'm starting to like kind of, especially since our feedback episode where we talked about it, think a little bit more about like the drinking and the fact that like, like you said, doesn't have seem to have agency anymore. He's just like reacts to shit all the time. And like, that's going to really beat you down. And he just wants people to like, listen to him because he just wants things to go the way that they're supposed to and nothing ever does. And this is a, you know, you could draw a direct line between, uh, that belief and him rolling around with his dad for so long. That's a very mm-hmm. John Winchester thing of just, you know, don't worry about what I'm doing. Just do as I say, and we'll get it done, yeah. um, which will probably work, but it's literally the worst way to manage people ever. Like, yeah. you have, like it's very rare to have someone have um, the amount of blind faith in you that you need to, to mm-hmm. do that. And as we'll see in the comic books, uh, as in the comic book episode, it's not worth it. It's not, it's, 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 it's not earned. <laughs> um, so they, are also kind of worried about uh, Sam and they, we go back into Bobby's house and uh, Sam has woken up from his, from passing out on the floor of the, uh, you know, whatever, wherever they were. Um, and he says he's feeling fine, uh, but then he starts like kind of feeling super weird again. Like he starts mm-hmm. like hearing things a little bit. And it's our first clue that uh, with this wall down, it's not our first clue. I mean, him passing on the floor with a bloody nose is probably the first clue. Uh, it's, it's, our, <laughs> it's our first clue that he's gonna he's gonna hide this from everybody. Yeah. Like he, he he starts he starts having these kind of weird feelings and then does not tell anybody. Which yeah, not uh, super stoked about that. Although it does seem like he there is a certain point where he goes to tell Dean about what's happening. Yeah, I like this first scene because it feels very. I don't know. I got like a Stephen King vibe from this, which just doesn't really make a lot of sense. But when like. Dean is like, hey, Sam, you're up. How you doing? And he's like, you know, not better, but like I, I tied my own shoes. Like, I'm up. It's okay. You know, what are you doing? Let me come hang out with you guys. It just seems like very casual, very simple. So Dean's like, all right, man, let's go outside. Um, so he, they, they, Dean walks out of the room and, and Sam goes to follow him and then he stops. Like he hears something and he looks back and we just get the shot of like the empty living room. There's nobody there. And Sam's just like, huh, okay. And then he walks up like the viewer that's signaling like there wasn't anything there, but it's just very creepy kind of like what is hanging behind Sam, even though there's nothing literally there. There is something upon him. Yeah, something something is going on. We don't know what Mm -hmm. Uh, we then go to a uh, we kind of smash cut to this uh, church where a preacher is preaching against the virtues of uh, homosexual marriage. They're yeah. Say- saying and it's, it's this is basically marriage. the, the Westboro Baptist church. Cause they're like, yeah, we, 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 that's pick why we pick at their, we pick funerals, at their weddings. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and obviously like, I don't think that anybody that watches supernatural, especially on well, when we get to our favorite season, season seven is, uh, um, is, is watching this and thinking like I'm on the Westboro best Westboro Baptist church side, right? Yeah. Like nobody's getting yeah. offended at this, uh, except uh, for the wrong reasons. Uh, this mm-hmm. is, this is a shit bag thing to do. And obviously it's a very real thing to do. Um, so Castiel shows up and you know, Castiel still looks like a dude. He's not, he's not bringing in like the Chrysler building sized angel, angelic presence or anything. He's <laughs> yeah. not blowing out the windows or anything like that. He just looks like Castiel. He's sticking with that trench coat cheek, which I really appreciate. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a God now, but I still need to be warm when I walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I won't, I don't want to be warm to like my ankles. So, uh, but Castiel comes in and says, you know, you should, you should think about what you do with your own genitals before telling, uh, people what they can do with theirs and says that he's God and then basically just fries this dude from the inside out. And he, he makes a big religious thing. I think it's probably from the Bible about eating their own words or something. I don't know if he wrote any of that down. Yeah. He just like quotes a, like a Bible verse and I didn't write it down, but it is very intense hearing um, Castiel say it. I actually like this scene a whole lot 
Yeah. Um, me too. He just he just talks some shit. He says he does. He's, he's indifferent to sexual orientation. Thank you, Cass. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but this, yeah, I I wrote down this scene. Fucking rules. He just goes in there. Some guy starts to stand up and talk some shit, and Castiel makes like the the seat, the bench beneath him crack, and it's just that like. <laughs> You know, I just thought he made him really, really like. I really thought he just increased the dude's weight until he cracked yeah, the bench. That's, that's where my mind goes. I don't know why. <laughs> he just like he he comes in and it's just a like a a prominent display of of power without going. Well, I was gonna say without going overboard. I mean, he does kill that one dude, but that dude had it coming, and it's cool. So mm-hmm. uh, it's fine. And then he he kind of staggers a little bit as he's leaving, which deflates the scene a little bit. Not in like a makes the scene worse. It's just like you know, oh, this isn't quite as badass as I thought. And it's the first signal that something's not quite what it should be. But then Castiel looks back over his shoulder as if angered by the fact that he just got weakened. And he changes the stained glass image of uh, a god, I guess. And Jesus. Um, yeah, it's definitely Jesus. Jesus, yeah. yeah. And turns it into himself. <laughs> In the stained glass Castiel. In the trench coat. I don't... Man, that is so fucking beautiful. <laughs> like, if somebody could could just Photoshop the three, like me and Castiel and Chris, all in some stained glass, like, and do something like that, I would, I would love you forever. Because wow, I love, I love just normal ass looking stained glass Castiel. That is one of the best mm-hmm. images in this episode, and there's a lot of good images in this episode. It's good um, stuff. He's also hearing just while this is going on. He's like, we he he can hear somebody whispering his name inside of his head. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is which is kind of creepy. So we know that like Castiel may be God, and he's you know he's maybe out smiting hypocrites and uh, you know false believers or, or whatever false prophets. But he's something's not right with that dude. Something's going on. Yeah, something's wrong. And so we go from uh, one guy hearing voices in his head to another guy hearing voices in his head. Sam is just hearing stuff, just kind of like a like something mm-hmm. you know a sound in the background, and he spins around as if something's there, but it's not. Um, but that wasn't really what I was wondering about, because obviously, you know, I'm a viewer of Supernatural. I get, you know, there is the wall and his head has, has been broken and, and hell is kind of coming back for Sam from the inside out. Um, but what was Sam? What was Sam doing in Bobby's basement? Getting a random ass wrench. Uh, I mean, Dean was like, wrench. hey, do you mind just going down into the corner of the basement and like digging through some drawers and seeing if we have this one random wrench? Sam's like, yeah, sure, man. And I'm just going to go like pretend I'm looking around. I'm going to go act out me looking at stuff and then hey, what's that <laughs> they have sam do that another time later they have him like go like hey go into the cupboard and like pretend you're looking for like a, a cup of blood sam's like okay and he like picks up the jar and he's like looking at it and like huh i'm just having a and then wait what was that <laughs> like why do they keep doing this <laughs> why do yeah. they like they make sam seem like he's a dumbass <laughs> It's really, it's really strange because, you know, Bobby has like a full on, like basically like auto mechanic workshop, like a garage on his property. And you would just assume that all of his tools would be there and not his basement pantry, which is what this looks like. Like this all looks full of like canned goods and not, not full of wrenches that you would use on a, to fix an Impala. So, (laughs) yeah. But anyway, um, he basically flashes to hell and we see like chains and like Mm. blood and, and just probably blades everywhere. Just, it looks like it's a real shit show. And um, he's kind of like staggering back, you know, waving the wrench in front of him, like like trying to fend off whatever it is that he's seeing. And that's when Bobby catches him down there like, hey, sport, uh, <laughs> what you up to? What's going on? And Sam's like, oh, yeah, like Bobby, Bobby being Bobby, like Bobby's cool. So he's like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to like bring it up right now and make a weird. Um, I'm just going to talk behind your back to your brother later. 
because uh, they that's go what up, we do in the Winchester <laughs> family in the Singer yeah. family. So yeah, yeah. Bobby is just as guilty of that shit as they are. Like, hey, how about you all stop being so gossipy and just talk to each other? God. <laughs> um, um. Then we get, we get like a hear, kind of a radio report of yeah. what Castiel has been up to. So he's uh he's been killing all sorts of preachers that had all of these uh, allegations and all sorts of um, accusations of child molestation and child abuse. He's uh, he's killed so many members, high, high ranking members of the Ku Klux Klan that it had to be, they had to disband it. And mm-hmm. he also took down uh, most motivational speakers. And I love this because Sam asked like motivational speakers. And he says, I don't think that uh, Newcast understands. What is it? Is it irony? I don't think Newcast understands I think irony. Is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the line. Maybe you wrote it down. I, maybe I'm, I'm, I think I'm butchering it, but like Newcast doesn't understand irony uh, any more than the old cast did. Yeah. I didn't write it down, but it's like very much something like that. It's very um, good. Oh, I did write down here that like I was kind of feeling Sam's hair here. It's a little more grown out, a little bit more like, you know, like hanging hanging loose. Um, and I just thought I'd give that to the listeners that I, I do approve of most. So far, I approve of Sam's hair in season seven. But you know me, I, I like the longer hair. You know, some people like it shorter, like a little bit cleaned up more. That's just me, personal pref. That's fine. Glad we had glad we had uh, <laughs> Sam's hair corner, the check-in. Yeah. Da-da, yeah. Da-da. That's the, that's um, the stinger. But that weirdly, before. weirdly here, <laughs> Sam is the one who's like, let's talk to Castiel. Which is like, you know, seems like a crazy bad move, but in a in a way it makes sense. That's what they always did before, you know? Like, that's when they needed to talk to Castiel, they called on him. And, and maybe he said no, but, but maybe talking to him would be worth it in in some way, shape, or form. But uh, we're not going to get that now. And, and I, I just want to call out that when Sam makes this proposal, which is a perfectly mm-hmm. reasonable, like normal hunter thing to propose, given the rest of their lives, Dean just yeah. like flies off the handle in a way that well, makes it's me like think somebody that, just told Dean that they were inviting his ex-girlfriend to the party. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it's, it seems like <laughs> this is definitely like you, you were talking about my ex-girlfriend or my ex-boyfriend and I am irrationally angry about it. Like, I don't care that you're just saying that they went to you saw them at the store. What were you doing even talking to Castillo? What were you how doing could, at the store? How could you betray me? like this what are you doing you know what they did to me <laughs> it's what this comes off as it's very funny um then we start hearing uh these boots were made for walking uh which is a great song scene. <laughs> and uh we see this like rv trailer in a trailer park somewhere we go inside and the inside of this trailer which is uh a very small very tiny not not dean's awesome trailer from the au no. <laughs> inference mistake but just yeah. a real tiny kind of you know normal like normal person in a trailer park trailer covered in Enochian symbols like we've seen sigils mm-hmm. like this before as most are yeah uh just just entirely covered on the inside and uh a, a dude is in there he's picking himself a drink and he's sitting down to watch the news uh which is filled with castiel's doings uh how he mm-hmm. castiel has cured leprosy in india so like yeah, all of great. the the enormous leprosy colonies that have been there are now they don't need them anymore because leprosy has been cured which is pretty dope like thank very you, cool Cass. very chill mm-hmm. very yeah good job Cass. Uh, and then all of a sudden Castiel shows up and we found out that this is Crowley. And, mm-hmm. uh, of course Crowley just basically prepares himself. He's like, okay, you are ready to spite me. You found me. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and get it done. Like, and he kind of just like winces and like winces, closes his yeah. eyes and like looks like, uh, go ahead, just please do it. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you, Crowley. That's not really what he sounds like, but <laughs> it's close. Anokian symbols can't stop me because I'm not an angel. <laughs> Thank you, Castiel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, Crowley does, de- not Crowley, Castiel's definitely doing his, like, real deep, serious voice in a way that he didn't normally do. Like, it's even deeper and more serious. So, mm-hmm. 
Again, props yeah, to uh, uh, Misha, by the way, just for yeah. being like a fourth different or maybe even fifth different version of this character. <laughs> they just mm-hmm, write him mm-hmm. as... I'm trying to think. We're, had we're about to get Kaz. another one, too, in a minute. So. Yeah, we've had Angel Kaz. We've had future uh, Love-In Kaz. We've had yep. uh, Jimmy, human, ne- Jimmy Neutron. We've yep. had uh, like kind of humanized Angel Kaz. We've had... Drunk Kaz. We've had Drunk Kaz. We've had Misha Collins Kaz. Now we have yep. Todd Kaz. Yep. So that's, that's seven Kaz's I can think of off the top of my hand. And there's an eighth coming up at the end of this episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. That's Dude's a lot got of work. rage. It's, Dude's it's got a lot rage. Of work. Um, yeah, he says, uh, he says to, Kaz, or to, uh, to Crowley, like, I'm not here to... I'm not, okay. I'm not here to kill you. I am... Uh, I'm here to, to make a proposal to you. You're going to be the king of hell because I need a threat to hold under the people who uh, disobey me. You know, without a hell, like what is Castiel like going to do? Uh, so he wants he wants Crowley to go back to being the the king of hell. Um, he will send some of the souls to Crowley, obviously a very limited amount, and he's going to be in full control. But uh, he he's striking a deal here, and that's like Cast or, or Crowley's like, well, I don't have a choice, but like this sounds good to me because I'm not going to die. <laughs> yeah i mean he's there's there's no he's in a rock he's in between a rock and a god place right now right like exactly that's, that, that's he's just he what are you gonna do tell god no no like yeah job tried that and he got swallowed by a fucking whale like that's whole, not like a whole whale ate him <laughs> a whole whale ate him and he was still alive inside the whale yeah it's ridiculous that's fucked <laughs> so uh <laughs> I, what do you think about this plan, though? Like, because Crowley immediately realizes, like, oh, you need this so that you can have a steady supply of souls. Like, and that's, you know, you're going to be the one deciding who goes to heaven, who goes to hell. But it's, it's weird because we're, I, I mean, like, you were raised in a, a relatively Christian family, I believe, mm-hmm, and I was as mm-hmm. well. Like, we're raised to believe the reason that you go to hell is because you did bad things. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've obviously dropped any kind of, <laughs> even pretending yeah. that I believe in any of this bullshit. Uh, but it's it's very strange to hear these like kind of obviously the deity of this world at this moment and also this like demon that's been around for hundreds of years discuss this like very casually of like oh it's not actually based on the soul at all it's just what we need to do with the soul when it gets there and it's it's kind of weird right like that feels it, it feels is weird. very uh it feels very cw tv show to me <laughs> yes i can't tell if it's like dulling the uh effect of it like like lowering how like the, the stakes for it all cuz it's just like two guys wheeling and dealing um, but I also, in a way, appreciate to some degree that it's different than God and Lucifer, or even Michael and Lucifer, because this is a random angel and a crossroads demon. It's not the biblical figures. It's not the God, and it's not uh, the devil. It's two pretenders, essentially. Mm-hmm. So as much as I don't necessarily like the the dulling down, like I used to say all the time, I hated when when demons started using like pop culture references and stuff. And, yeah. and I mean, now we don't even get demons anymore unless they're named. But I I appreciate that there is that sort of delineation between um, the real deal and then these these new guys. But I also do want them to sometimes take things seriously. <laughs> True. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just it just feels very. Um... Feels very CW. Like it, feel, put it, it, put it, it, it well. feels very CW. Yeah, like it feels like they they this is this is plot. Like oh, we have to we mm-hmm. have to come up for a reason for these boys to or you know for these dudes to be talking to one another and, and things like that. So it's not bad. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not against it or anything. It just it feels very much like um 
one of the responses we got to our feedback episode uh, was uh, our good friend Eric Zombie Chocobo, and uh, he said like listening to us talk about season six, he realized like we are firmly in soap opera territory now, and yeah. that's that's exactly what it feels like. This feels like a very soap opera CW season seven kind of thing. So, uh, we we go we go back to Sam who yeah. is just casually reading a book and drinking some whiskey because. That's what you do when you read books, I guess. I don't. I don't know about you, Chris, but I love to get blazed and read a book. And I have tried to drink and read, just be like, oh, I'm relaxing tonight. I'm. Gonna, I'm like, nope. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fall asleep right now. That's exactly what happens. I get two beers in, and I'm like, sorry, Stephen. <laughs> just sorry, Mister King. I'm. I'm gone. Um, but he's doing this, and he starts hearing something weird, and he looks up, and a uh, the the roof rips open. And a chain comes out, wraps itself around Sam's neck, and then pulls him to the ceiling and starts choking and strangling him as like, and it's extremely it's like this is very effective. I love yeah. this so much. This I this like feels this a lot really too. good. I'm really glad that they're giving like a lot of attention to this because they didn't so much with with Dean. He was just repressing it and like being mad about it um, about his time in hell and. Sam's was a little bit more extreme because of how long he was in there because it was Lucifer's cage. So I'm glad that they're having like these like real manifestations that seem to be like truly affecting Sam. Uh, and then he wakes up a minute later and it's like, was that a dream or like, or what? But he seems to be profoundly like shook by all of what's happening. Yeah, he's he's uh, so, definitely shake family and it's i, I really like the <laughs> slow creep of this too like I, mm-hmm. I like the fact that it's not you know he's not seeing hellfire everywhere he looks all of a sudden right like this is slowly creeping into his brain because this wall came down but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be you know useless from the word go so it's yeah. it's something where he's he's got to he's got to deal with this somehow and that that uneasiness really works especially because we were complaining uh recently about how there's not much horror in this show anymore mm-hmm. this feels like pure fucking horror and i love it yeah i was also i also often complain about um there not being a lot of sam and i think what i mean by that is like he's in like every scene but they don't do a whole lot for character development with with sam i was actually just i saw something today that is from season eight episode 21 and i remembered like how vindicated and like justified i felt as a, as a sam fan because i was like it's been this long since we've gotten some real real character shit for sam I was very happy about it. We got a long way to go before we get there. However, I am glad that they're like trying to do something a little bit more tangible with his his time in hell and not just kind of be like, yeah, Sam's dealing with that. Meanwhile, the main plot is Bobby and Dean hunting down Castiel. And um, if you want to if you want to talk to Chris about that, then just uh, search AOL keyword Sam fan 69 and you can <laughs> yeah, find all me. of the chat rooms that he has. <laughs> that's me. Um, outside. I love that. Uh, <laughs> the outside Bobby and Dean are looking at the Impala. And Bobby's like, oh yeah, she looks pretty good. And Dean's like, pretty good. I should do this professionally. Because like the car is just totally fixed. It's it's fixed and ready for a paint job, which is a, a really clever way, too, of marking time. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's something that Supernatural has not been really great at, which is, uh, you know, in an individual episode of showing us how many days or weeks it's been between things. And obviously, Dean couldn't, couldn't have taken this Impala from crushed on the ground to uh, ready for a fresh paint job in the space of a day. So it really makes it makes this whole thing feel a little bit more expansive. Like Castiel has yeah. been going for a while. Uh, we're going to get some other other kind of indicators of that. And I really like that. I like the idea of a passage of time in just this one episode, because if you just cram it all together without that, it feels like it feels like a whole season can happen in 25 minutes. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I really like that. I really like that uh, professional line too. By the way, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. It's nice that they are taking the time to sort of give a sense of space and time to this because, like you said, 
it's overlooked a lot. So Bobby is uh, at this point telling Dean about how basically asking Dean, like, aren't you worried about Sam? And uh, Dean's response to this is, is really interesting. And again, it goes back to our, our, our thought about Dean being just about defeated at this point of saying like, well, yeah, I mean, he says he's fine. So I have to believe he's fine, but I, we, every time something like this has happened, it's been for the worst. Like we, we were literally cursed with this stuff. So I know that it won't be, and I'm not going to get my hopes up just to get kicked in the daddy pills again, which is another really great <laughs> yeah. line. Um, basically saying like, I know something is wrong with Sam. Sam is telling me that he's fine and that he's okay. I have to trust him on that because what else can I do? Like every time we try to do something, we make it worse. So what, all I, again, going back to all I can do is fix the Impala and try to fix Sam. But if Sam's telling me there's nothing wrong, then I just got to fix this Impala. So, mm-hmm. so I was really frustrated coming into this episode and knowing like, why Sam, why are you going to lie again? Why are we doing this? And I, it's literally like, that's, I don't believe that Sam would lie after all of that we've been through. Like, I just don't believe that that makes sense for the character to do anymore. But at least they like kind of try to halfway put it in like a different light. Like he's oh he just doesn't want Dean to worry about him, so he's just gonna like keep it to himself until he gets a handle on it, which is obviously the wrong thing to do. They're giving him an excuse to lie, but I still don't like it when any of these people lie to each other because just they we know we know where it leads. I, I will say good. that uh, I, I was frustrated with you right now uh, because we do get this scene of like Sam overhearing this stuff and then kind of mm-hmm. coming in. Uh, so it's setting up this drama between the two brothers and that's something that we've talked about in the past where both of us just want these brothers to be on the same side facing off against external threats like yeah. the 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 drama between the two brothers is not something that i'm particularly here for i will say that that the reason that they give him at the end of this episode i thought was actually relatively justifiable yes, yes. So. i just don't like they make it just seem a lot of times when they pull this stuff that like dean just doesn't like sam at all <laughs> yeah that's true absolutely and i don't like when they do that because i want them to be best buds again who are like going to bat for each other but like dean's mad that castiel like broke sam but like it doesn't really seem like he cares that much he's just like i gotta deal with this now it's another problem i have not like (laughs) hey my little brother is like really suffering and i want him to feel better because like you know he's my brother and i want him back you know on my side like i believe that dean would feel that way but they don't represent it that way and it sucks (laughs) so here's my first problem with this episode up to now i've been having a great time and uh I, i do i do feel like at this point uh they basically say like sam comes in and basically says like hey we we need to go do this we need to go we need to go fix this we need to find we need to figure out something that we can do uh dean reacts very negatively like we don't have any weapons even if we did you know like how he's god like the one weapon that we knew to kill angels didn't work uh sam says well what about all of his weapon that the balthazar stole i guess he forgot that balthazar gave all those back to castiel and the french mistake but whatever um <laughs> My problem here is that Dean up to this point feels very defeated and he feels very deflated and doesn't want to do anything. And then immediately just says, okay, let's summon Crowley. And it's yeah. when, he, when they summon Crowley, he's very aggressive. Like, what can you do for us? We need you to do this. And I'm like, what? That's, it just seems like a, a massive shift in what they were trying to do with the character. I don't know if there was like yeah. a scene that was edited out or something like that seems very, very there's some inconsistencies me. here. Like I said, like I have never, um, I, I I mean I don't really need to keep repeating this, but like obviously like Sam was my favorite because he was the one I related to, and he's the overwrought emotional one, just like me. Um, but I never like ever have disliked Dean really in any way. But for some reason this time I'm just like I don't I just don't like what they're doing with him. But then as soon as they kick him into gear, I'm like, there's my fucking guy right there. That's my guy. Like what are what were you guys doing? Like making him all like 
shitty to Sam or like just shitty about everything. And I get it. He's defeated. He's beaten down. And then they do that tonal shift. And I'm like, what? I, I can't keep up. But like, I'm glad that Dean's like back in the fight. Cause like he's my hunter. I need him. I need him hunting. Um, but yeah, that's just a little bit of a, of a whiplash there. And I didn't notice it necessarily watching it. I was just like happy that there was an upturn of like a positive, like uh proactive Dean. He's like, well, let's do a thing instead of just standing around moping about it. Uh, I liked that. But yeah, it's it's weird that they keep like shifting back and forth. Like, what are you guys trying to aim for with Dean Winchester right now? And it's exactly. like, I don't think that that's Dean Winchester. I think that that is the writing. And I know yeah. it's all the writing, but like, as I've said before, <laughs> it just feels like it's the character. Like, that's okay. Yeah, of course, that's what Dean would do. And then sometimes it's like, well, that's what the writers have Dean doing right now. But that's not what he would do. Yeah, it's it, there's definitely a time when they're writing Dean Winchester and they're writing Dean Winchester to do something mm-hmm. for the plot. And this this feels like it's for that. Like, I feel like at this point, Dean really wouldn't care that much uh, because from what they understand, like Castiel is dangerous and he's he's obviously going he's overreaching a little bit. But they, you know, he, he's doing good work. Like he's, he's curing leprosy. He's he's disbanding the KKK. That's um, good. <laughs> I just I just want to say how great it is that in this in the world of supernatural that we can always remember. And I'm going to try to bring it up as much as I possibly can that in the world of supernatural, the KKK doesn't exist. Hoo-ha. Yes, because of Castiel. <laughs> um, but they decided to summon Crowley, uh, but so they could try to find something to you know take down Castiel with. Uh, do you think that when they summoned Cast uh, summoned Crowley this time, they made that uh, uh, devil's trap super small on purpose just to fuck with him because yeah, we've always we've always seen it be like this like eight foot radius and now like they reduced it down so that he can barely fit it. he can barely move and i just <laughs> if that was like a purposeful insult that's such a baller way to insult a yeah. demon i love it um yeah so they real quick are like all right let's go do magic let's get crowley here i love this scene though crowley's just like in midway through pouring a drink and he's like are you kidding me <laughs> what I'm in Bobby's basement again. <laughs> He's so fucking done. I love the line of uh, like because they're basically said like you're you know you're obviously working or he tells them like oh you know you're I'm working for Castiel now because of course I am because he's God and uh and, and they say something and he says well what do you think he's gonna do when they find out we're conspiring and then he kind of pauses and he goes you guys do want to conspire right yeah he's like a, he's like a little kid he's so excited he's to, he's acting all like oh well, we're gonna get in such trouble but like what's the plan guys <laughs> like he's he's in he's already in because he just loves conspiring so great there's some really good crowley stuff in here and uh i mean like mark shepherd is such a great actor on everything he is it should not be a surprise i'm so glad they keep bringing him back Mm -hmm. uh dean wants to figure out wants to find out from crowley uh a spell that can bind death because if we remember back in season six uh death told dean while they were chilling having some pizza that he would be there at the end and he'd be there to even you know take down god not take down god but to to you know reap god Mm -hmm. um so dean's idea is like hey if anything can do this in the universe it's death i've got like a semi-working relationship with him so (laughs) so maybe (laughs) if we could figure out a way to put him in handcuffs and force him to do my bidding like that would that wouldn't be a bad thing of course crowley uh is like this is the dumbest shit i've ever heard of i can't believe you want to do this and uh yeah is it's, it's not great like they've this had, is it, like they've had better plans <laughs> yeah but this is all I, I just like that dean's confidence like this is this is the dean i love who is just like they, they used to play it like dean is the more uh like cocksure like brazen kind of dude who's like i'm just gonna go kick some ass and sam is like well i'm book smart and i have like information and, and stuff or this time like <laughs> dean is just like i've chilled with death before like let's get him on the phone dude let's do this thing <laughs> 
so good i love this so much it's so good it's just dean being like well all right here listen up guys let's huddle together let me tell you this fucking plan i got and everybody else is like what the why are you kidding me and dean's like no trust me guys i got it and then they just go dean, for it. the dean that you know flips the middle finger to god that flips it yes. to angels to archangels that you know will you know put his head down and stubbornly go through this to what he believes is right and to trust that his belief in what's right is unshakable and is the absolute 100% right thing to do is, mm-hmm. is to me, that's the core of Dean Winchester. And yeah. it's, it's nice to see him do this. And it's, you know, I even like, I, as much as I have a problem with his like shift in this episode of going from, Oh, we we're just going to fix the Impala to let's bind to death in the blink of an eye. It feels like mm-hmm. I still like both of them. <laughs> like I like it yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we go back to Castiel, uh, who is standing in front of a of a homeless man who is blind, and tells this homeless man like you're one of the true believers you've always believed, uh, and gives him his sight back. And we see the in a kind of a cool, subtle piece of C- CGI. I see his eyes clear, yeah, so that he yeah. can see for the first time. This feels weird to me because I feel like this dude would be praying to the old god, but I guess like once you're god, you're just god, so you get all of it. Like his old phone number is being forwarded to Castiel yeah, now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He got the cell phone. It's like, he got it's like when Sam card. and Dean still carried around John Winchester's, John Winchester's old cell phone. Phones. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, this man's vision clears, and he looks up at Castiel, and uh, Castiel says something like, "I'm your god," and this dude says, "Well, you kind of look like shit, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you're falling apart. No, Yo, you're fucked uh, up, bro." Castiel has uh, his face is is melting almost like it doesn't mm-hmm. it looks like it's uh it, it looks like it's falling apart we've seen similar it's like what we effects. saw lucifer doing when With his lucifer. vessel was like burning out on him absolutely uh it looks like the the meat suit he's wearing is, is is fading and i think that makes a lot of sense uh we're gonna find out in just a second that it's not that but like i've even when i saw this the first time i was like well yeah of course because now he has all this power jimmy neutron isn't gonna be enough to keep that 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 all that power contained right um but he goes into the bathroom to go, you know, check himself out like gods do, you know, <laughs> once you get of course. all, once you, you, look at your own you, you want to go look in the mirror every once in a while. You can't just like go into celestial form and be like, okay, let me figure this out. Let me like, <laughs> I'll, I'll possess a whale instead. They've got huge bodies. I mean, God showed us, you know. Oh man, the God whale. That, now you're talking about some Bloodborne shit. That's what happens in Bloodborne. Yeah, the God whale. That's the final boss of Final Fantasy X. And, <laughs> and God- he's your dad. <laughs> uh he goes into the uh he goes into the bathroom and decides uh <laughs> it just sorry. like takes a leak and it like- just takes a leak just hangs out um but he goes to look in the mirror and he's like touching on his face like people do and then he kind of <sighs> feels something and he hears these voices he uh he starts yeah. feeling something and then he opens up his that shirt and uh oh man this is this is the shit that i crave we again we talked about not having a lot of horror and and supernatural mm-hmm. and man they are really delivering it to me uh, so we good. see we see his stomach distend uh, as if something some weird alien like creature uh, is trying to get out through his stomach and it like pushes out and the, yeah. the effect is really creepy. It doesn't look bad even today, which I think is very impressive. So you know, high five, supernatural animator guys. Definitely, um, it's it's extremely good. Like this this is very creepy, very effectful, very effective for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just like, wh- what the fuck? What's going on here? Because we know we, we heard him like hearing things, but hearing let us out. Like, is it the souls? Like, this is a this is big, whatever this is. Yeah. And you can, you know, if you're if you're remembering what happened in season six, um, he opened the door to purgatory and he took in all of the souls in purgatory. And really, all we know about the souls in purgatory is that it's where monsters went when they died. Uh, so. 
you know, I was thinking the first time I watched this, like, oh, this is like the, uh, this is like some weird alpha that was already in purgatory or something, right? Like, this is something Mm -hmm. very fucked up. And uh, I wasn't far off. (laughs) I wasn't quite right, but we'll we'll find out what it is in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a knock on Bobby's door and he gets a spell in the mail because Bobby, everybody, is a modern day fucking wizard. (laughs) He gets... He gets a spell via FedEx, Chris. Crowley yeah. sent him a spell via FedEx. I, I love, love this it. so much. It's the safest way. You know, you don't want God, you know, reading your mail, so send it by FedEx. Because God works at the post office. Of course, 100%. Uh this this whole thing is 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 good. Uh they they read the spell, they figure out they need some shit, they find the shit, and they're gonna go steal the shit. Uh mm-hmm. they they bust into this place where the that has a uh, they need a an act of God that's been crystallized, which Bobby puts together in a in a series of of conclusions that you couldn't even put on the jump to conclusions board uh, <laughs> is a strike of lightning that hit sand at the right angle and created like this crystallized this piece of sand or crystal or whatever. Yeah. So very very strange and weird. <clears throat> but um. So they're just like, okay, yeah, well, we found one who, the, you know, this guy bought it at an auction X amount of time ago. Like, let's just go break into his house in the middle of the night, which is exactly what they do. Presumably that night. Oh, yeah, he's nine hours away. So they just, they're just like, all right, let's just make the drive. Let's do the thing. Uh, they get there. For some reason, there's a security guard out there. Dean punches him in the face, knocks him out. Just like, you know, good old fashioned Dean. Punches him in the face and does the Grey Poupon routine, which feels... Yeah incredibly dated even in, in 2012 <laughs> when this came out like isn't that commercial from like i remember it as a kid so it's got to be like in the like mid 80s or early 90s or something yeah, like, I, have, I have no idea do you do you not even remember that commercial i like i have like a vague recollection of it being a thing but i don't like i don't know what it is it was such a weird thing because it was like a very british commercial like i recognize that now mm-hmm. i didn't at the time like to me it was just like what are these old timey people in weird hats talking about? But it was just like, <laughs> cars pulling up to each other, and like a driver would look at and, and see another driver and be like, "Excuse me, do you have any gray poupon?" And that was the joke. Yes, like yeah. that was the that was the hook that everybody got obsessed with for a while. It's very strange. Very strange. Um, I love this scene. They break into this place. Uh, they split up for some reason. We don't care why. Dean runs into the uh, the guy that owns it and his wife. The guy that owns it has a shotgun pointed at Dean. His <laughs> wife is kind of huddled behind him. And Dean says, listen, y'all, you, you don't want to do this. I promise you. I don't want to have to hurt you. And he's like, and the guy says, I, I'm the one ha- that has the gun here, Sonny. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I know. And then smash cut and Dean's just tying the both of these people up. Yeah, we have <laughs> no idea what Dean did. It. <laughs> it's so fucking great, man. Yeah, I love it's it. excellent. Uh, <laughs> Sam and Bobby walk in like, uh... <laughs> Hey, hi! Guys. What's going on? Like, Shouldn't we like, have put a, a mask on these guys so they can't identify us later? But um, they're just like, "Ew, forget them. They're fine. Let's just do the spell. <laughs> Let's go before Professor Snape catches us down here in the Slytherin dungeon." Absolutely. Uh, and then yeah, they set up this fucking room full of magic. Like they're they're just straight up wizards at this point. They just uh, do magic. Dean sets up a little thing that's obviously like uh, like a Coca-Cola <laughs> and some food mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. as we all know Dean uh, not Dean Death loves uh some some really good delicious you know shitty food and uh yeah I I just feel bad because because Bobby starts casting this spell the room starts shaking all of these people's like a- antiques and mm-hmm. you know relics start breaking glass starts breaking the room starts shake everything's going terrible and these dudes are just tied up and having to watch this happen like what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> we were just in bed watching the prices right reruns and now look <laughs> what is going on um and then of course death appears and death is pissed and i 
I, I think I said the last time that Death showed up, I, I thought that, that every time he shows up after that original scene, like, he's kind of diminished a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. still very scary in this scene. I like yeah. this scene a lot. This actor is so good, and yeah. this, scene, this scene really works. Uh, he's not happy, but he, is, he assumes he's there to fix Sam's hallucinations, and he's the one who calls it out. <laughs> he's just, it. He just puts Sam on blast, and Sam's like, uh, what? Uh, 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 no, Dean, no, it's just it. from the drugs I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Dean and Bobby both look at Sam like, are you fucking serious right now? Dude? He's like, like I'm just a little high, you guys. It's not a big deal. I'm a little high. Uh, this they they have this conversation, and Dean says like, "Hey, we want you to kill God," and Death says, "Well, why why should I?" And Dean, like in this like weird quavering, uh, respectful voice, says like, "Well, because we 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 want you to, and we're the boss of you, sir." Yeah. Like you can tell, like <laughs> he he's got this dog on a leash, and he has no idea what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. It's really good how how terrified he is of death still, but still trying to like put on a brave face. This is my favorite. We Dean Winchester just like staring at the sun, being like, "You can't make me go blind." <laughs> and- I love it so much, man. It's so fucking good. <laughs> and, and and death is like this quiet, quietly terrifying dude who's just relaxed. He's not. He, he never gets angry it seems like or not angry but he never gets excited he never gets like mm-hmm. visibly you know uh i don't know what the word i'm looking for he doesn't is, get worked like, up he doesn't he, get worked like, up he's calm he expresses cool, his anger but he's like expressing his anger very calmly mm-hmm. and like dean you should let me out of here like it's just um, like okay yeah i get it in the middle of all of this uh castiel shows up and Castiel looks like even worse than he did before. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's yeah. not, uh, and this exchange between Castiel and death, I think this whole conversation, um, is, is some of the best supernatural stuff ever. I don't know if you're with yeah. me on that, but like this whole thing with death calling him like a, a, a dangerous, stupid little soldier. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't believe you're even trying to, you don't look like a God to me and I've met God and all of this stuff like death, belittling Castiel and Castiel, responding to it and saying like i'm out here doing the fucking work homie like i'm out here fixing the problems you know what 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 right do you have to even talk to me like this like this standoff is extremely good yeah i like i like dean's line too because he says deaths are bish we ain't gonna die even if death pulls the trigger um or i think that's the line maybe i wrote it down Mm -hmm. wrong but something like that being like we can't die um but yeah death starts he starts leaning into castile like you see he calls him a mutated angel and he says that things much older than souls were in purgatory, and you'll gulp those in too. And that's where we hear for the first time the word Leviathans. Yes. Uh, so death explains what's going to be pretty much the big bad of this season. And, I'll, and I very much appreciate this because uh, season six, as everybody knows, was a little bit muddled with their, with their big bad villains. Uh, mm-hmm. we, had, we had several of them, starting with like grandfathers and moving on to alphas to... <laughs> Uh, you know the mother of demons and then finally castiel <laughs> this itself. season's big bad grandfathers <laughs> <laughs> it's just grandpas grandpa please i don't want to hear another story about the war please <laughs> uh so he explains that uh god uh before he created humans created these these monsters and that death found them entertaining but god found them uh, a little bit too terrifying so he locked them up and that was what purgatory was originally created for not to stash the, the, the souls of dead monsters, but it's actually the place where all of the monsters came from. And that's mm-hmm. where they've been locked up by God. Uh, so when, when Kaz opened this, this door 
and sucked in all of the souls that he thought he was getting, like, you know, free of charge, it is actually all of these things called Leviathans. And uh, that word is is really evocative. Like, they chose a really good word for, mm-hmm. for the villain. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like this. Um, yeah, this is this is very spooky. Obviously, those were Leviathans that are trying to get out, you know, via his tummy. And that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of uh, strange monster pregnancy here. Um, so, I think... Dean still feels sort of secure that they've got death on a leash, but then Castiel frees him. He breaks those chains that, that are, are binding him. Um, and here, I don't, I just, Castiel leaves at this point. Does he just assume that death is going to kill everybody? I, I think so. Um, because, you know, death is obviously the two times that he's been bound, he's taken his revenge uh, pretty clearly on the people that bound him. Mm-hmm. So Castiel leaving, um, is you know it's basically like i've got other shit to do which feels kind of weird because of based on, based on what he goes to do but we'll get to that in a minute but uh it's like he had this like pre-laid plan set out before yeah. him he's like oh this is where i'm gonna go and then he realizes that like sam and dean are up to no good again and got derailed but he's also like falling apart it's like he's trying to go to work but he's like got a really bad flu so he's just like you know he's he's doing his job, but it's like why this, this email doesn't make any sense, Castiel. What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, instead of like immediately killing everybody in the room, uh, Death sits down and says, "Well, like I, th- I knew that I was here for somebody," and he leans over, starts eating the, the pickle chips. <laughs> the, the, the 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 civilians in the room and says, "Like oh, don't worry, it's not you guys. You're cool." Um, again, imagine this from the perspective of the two people <laughs> that are trapped in their like display room for all yeah. their rich ass antiques. Like this is fucking. It's got to be a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, he sits down and starts t- chilling. He says pickle chips. Do you just is that like a northern thing? Like I just call them uh, yeah. fried pickles. We call them fried pickles too. I think. Okay. Um, pickle chips. I mean, I, I, a, like I would assume pickle chips would be like a a potato chip that tastes like a pickle. Yeah. Um. I think I feel like they're the same thing as fried pickles, but they're calling mm-hmm. them pickle chips. Anyway, it literally doesn't matter. I just, yeah. I just like exploring it. So uh, <laughs> th- then we go to uh, Castiel, or actually, we go to a scene which is an obvious like um, campaign office with this woman yeah. that's running for senate who says uh, she's she's talking to a reporter and she tells her tells the reporter, you know, I'm I'm running on a like a basically a faith based campaign. I'm not, you know, the, I don't have any of the godless policies of my opponent, et cetera, et cetera. So this is an, another scene where we've seen Castiel show up and try to like take down some hypocrites just manually. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's, I would have assumed that you could just do this with a thought if you're God, but yeah. apparently you have to go and like, but get he's, your hands dirty. he's not God. He just thinks he is. Exactly. As we're learning very quickly. Yeah. I, I expected this to last a lot longer and like spoilers, it doesn't go on for very much longer. Um, I expected, you know, God Castiel to be a significant villain. And he's like just evaporating so quickly, which it it lends itself towards showing how powerful whatever inside of him is um, and how out of control he is. Even after like showing us like, hey, look at what Castiel is able to do, but also look how much that doesn't matter to what is inside of him. Yeah, totally agreed. So what happens here, Chris? Because this is this is okay. really this is really violent and and very interesting to me. Um. So it's Castiel. I I guess he kind of. I think he's trying to basically like smite um this political figure, this hypocrite that he's trying to take down, or like make a statement. But Castiel is kind of losing it, and he's sort of not Castiel anymore. 
So he freaks out and massacres everybody. Uh, yeah, he, he literally massacres up. everybody. Like he wakes he, he up. loses control. It's like the power takes over him, and yeah, he 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 blacks out basically. And everybody is dead. Like there's body parts on the floor. There's blood all over the walls. Like this is a this. He did something extremely bad, and he doesn't even. You get the mm-hmm. idea when he wakes up and he looks around and he starts becoming horrified at what he sees that he doesn't even remember doing it. He just right. he completely lost control, which I think is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. And if they, you know, death is telling the boys like if you don't get all those souls out of Castiel back into purgatory, you're in some you're in some big trouble. Yeah, this this conversation, uh, death basically saying like, you know, Dean, you have to start cleaning up your own messes. You can't just rely on me to do this. Um, you know, I, and Dean's like, I'm trying to save the planet. You know, why why, why don't you care? And, and death says like, well, maybe I'll just go f- focus my attentions on a better planet. Uh, <laughs> immediately, like making himself this enormous, like this cosmic entity that's beyond all of our comprehension, which I, I really yeah. dig. Uh, but he also says, hey, um, you need to give these this all of these souls back into purgatory quick fast and in a hurry uh you can't do that without an eclipse so i'm going to create an eclipse for you (laughs) thanks death we appreciate it but you've got like what is it like 24 hours or something yeah there is a tight tight time constraint on this it's it's very very tight and of course like how the fuck are they going to be able to do this how are they going to convince him that that this has happened uh and Dean immediately just gives up. Like mm-hmm. we go to a scene, hardcore just gives up. Sam is—he's uh, got a backpack on full of what I'm only assuming is Hunter Arsenal, and yep. he's he's ready to get out the door. Let's go find Kaz. And Dean is at seven thirty in the morning drinking some whiskey and says that he's going to sit here, eat some bad food, and watch animated Japanese porn and drink mm-hmm. himself until the world falls apart. Yeah. Like completely has given up the ghost and everything. Yeah, Dean's drinking drinking for breakfast and watching hentai. So it's like the worst decisions Dean could be making. And yeah. it's again, I don't I don't like seeing Dean like this. Like the season what four or five Dean who was like buckling under the weight of responsibility and like being Michael's vessel and all that stuff. But he did not want to give up. He wanted to keep fighting, and like it was just really really hard. But here he's just like, nope, not doing it, not dealing with it. Nope, nope. Good. Done. What's What's weird about this episode is that Dean seems gung ho on everything that involves uh, dealing with Kaz. That's not mm-hmm. literally being face to face with Kaz. Yeah. Because he's if anybody says like we should go find him, he's like, no, it's not worth it. Well, let's summon Crowley and try to find out some weapons. Okay, let's do that immediately. And we're gonna bind Death, and we're gonna do something with Death, and we're gonna do do do. And then Castiel shows up, and he's like, you know what? Never mind. I'm good. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's intentional. Maybe they're doing it on purpose. It's like you know, Dean is hurt, or Dean just doesn't want to confront him, or mm-hmm. he he wants to be doing something. He knows he should be doing something, but he doesn't want to actually go toe to toe with Castiel. And this is when uh, Sam says, "Well, we." you're doing him a disservice because I've been in similar situations and I, f- I felt trapped and had nowhere else to go, like trapped in my own body. And there's Castiel that we know is in there and we should go help him. And Dean says, you know, of course not. Like you're not even like, you know, you're, you're the same. I think he says the same open book that you've always been, <laughs> which is to say oh, yeah. not. He's and talking some him, shit. <laughs> can confront him on a line. Like I, hallucinations, Sam, really? Like I had to learn it from fucking death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, Sam is, is chastised here and he, he offers the excuse of like, Hey, we had so much going on on otherwise that I felt like I could deal with this on my own. I didn't want to bother you, which isn't like, it wasn't just an active, like I have to keep this from you, but, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's an okay excuse. Are you with me on that? Or yeah, does, he it, says, does it feel pretty weak? Um, 
No, I, I was into it like a little bit. Like it was just sort of like an unnecessary thing, just like one more thing to have Dean be mad about. Um, because yeah, I like the Sam as he starts off being like, "You never gave up on me. Why are you giving up on Castiel?" Uh, and then Dean gets mad, and he's just like, "Why? Why would I tell you? You can't help. You would just know that I was miserable, and it would burst your bubble and make you feel worse." I didn't want to do that, and like I did it anyway, and like I'm sorry, but I don't think he says I'm sorry, but like it's just I didn't want to make you feel worse. There's nothing that either of us can do either way on this. Like it's just something I gotta try and deal with, because uh, obviously I don't think that Sam realizes quite how bad it is just yet. Um, and he will because uh, he goes outside. Is this where he goes outside to pray for? So Sam goes out to pray to Castiel. It's like yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm I'm happy that Sam is doing anything in an episode, um, <laughs> because he's, he he goes out to cast the closet again. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think that I like that the scene is happening because I'm comparing season four Sam to season six Castiel and these both these people doing a thing that they shouldn't be doing for power. Um, but he he comes back out and he knows that he was able to be redeemed. He knows that because through the support of his brother and his friends, he was able to overcome Lucifer in the end. So. I appreciate that Sam is the one who's coming out and saying, you know, I still believe in you, Castiel. Because if when everybody, when Sam thought that everybody had abandoned him, that's when he truly went dark side. That's when he had mm-hmm. the black eyes and everything because he just thought Ruby is the only person I have. I'm going through this path. Um, so he he knows what it's like to be completely abandoned by his friends, and he knows that that is sort of what Castiel is dealing with. So I like that he goes out and he and he prays to him, um, and. It's yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just that I'm I'm happy that Sam takes that moment to be like, hey, I know you're like playing God, but like I was I was playing at the devil before, and yeah. it was bad. And what you're doing is bad. But like, come on, man. Like we're all friends. That we can fix this together. I believe in you. And and I think we skipped a spot, um, which is my fault. But uh, they this is after that they actually saw Castiel murdering all the people. Like they yes, had footage yes, of that yes. that went online. So this is the reason that he went out and and is asking that. Mm-hmm. When Sam comes back in, uh, Dean is literally watching anime porn. He's watching anti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can hear the sound effects, and it's really gross. <laughs> Please, Dean, I don't mind if you're going to do this. Like, go go to your room. Please yeah, go to the second not, or third or fourth he's or He's not, like, floor. doing anything. He's just watching it. But that's that's just as bad. It's like, just, just go, please weird. go do this privately. Like, the fact that yeah. you're comfortable enough to do it in the kitchen is a little fucking weird. <laughs> I'm trying to get my French toast on, dog. I don't want to hear your weird <laughs> porn sounds. It's it's gross. It's it's not good. I don't like it. Overwhelming. Uh, and then of course Castiel shows up. Uh, yes. whether or not he heard Sam's prayer or what. Uh, but he he's realized that uh he's. This something has gone horribly wrong. He's extremely bloodied and he's begging for help. So they immediately take him to the door that, uh, that, you know, that he opened earlier or not earlier, excuse me, that he opened in the season finale of season six and, uh, kind of prepare for him to, for the, the door to open again so he can release all these souls back into purgatory. And so they can finish season seven within about 40 minutes. So that's going to yes. be. <laughs> I'm just going to wipe our hands of that and uh, we'll be back with season eight. <laughs> Tune in next week for our feedback episode and we'll, <laughs> we have a special guest. That's it. Yep. Um, no, it, it does not work that way. Um, as, as they're preparing, you know, they have to, you know, find some blood and draw some sigils. Uh, Castiel apologizes to Dean and says, uh, he feels regret. He feels sorry that he broke Sam's wall, but he's not powerful enough to fix it. So, because you know, plot, um, <laughs> he, has to, he has to leave that going. Uh, he wants to make amends before he dies. And uh, Dean says, you know, 
well, that's that's fine. He's. I think Cassiel says, "Is it working?" And Kathleen says, "No," <laughs> which is really good. Like you can't apologize for the shit that you're doing. Like this isn't going to work. I'm still going to help you, but this is ridiculous. Uh, they tell Sam. You mentioned this earlier. They send Sam on a task. <laughs> Sam, He's, could you go? Oh, do you mind go finding a cup of blood? I think we have one in the closet. Sam Gopher Winchester is what they like to call him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he goes, Sam, you have the longest arms. You'll get there the fastest. You get to, yeah, you're, you walk the you fastest. You can reach from further away. Uh, it's on the. It's on a really high shelf. Sam, please go take care of this. Uh, then you're the only one who can. Please, that's what they always tell me. So my my sisters, my older sisters, used to be like, Chris, you know, you're just like you're the fastest one. Like we'll time you. Go get go get us whatever. Go get us the candy upstairs. Like you're the you're gonna get it quicker than us. And be like, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll be right back in no time with those snacks. And then like I'd get caught stealing the snacks from our you know cabinet, and I'd be the one getting in trouble. And my sisters would be like, yeah, eat shit, little boy. Now give me those snacks. <laughs> but you had- every time used and abused. <laughs> but you made good time. Thanks. <laughs> but I made great time. I'd be like slipping and sliding, falling down the stairs. But I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, bitches. You know I got those cookies. <laughs> I ate them all on the way back. And a new egg on my head because I smacked into the wall on my way down. No, oh, geez. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounds really terrible. Had, Why do you keep Dude, eggs on the wall? I had bruises on my head constantly. That's really- I was such an idiot as a kid. Anyway, <laughs> so kid, that's what Sam is doing here. Yes, Sam is going to hunt for some blood that they are going to use to to make all of these signs on the walls. Uh, while he's there, he's confronted by an old friend, namely Lucifer. Uh, yeah mark pellegrino is back uh i I do want to mention we don't talk a lot about real world politics or supernatural stuff like i think we've made our our own personal politics pretty clear uh mark pellegrino has turned out to be an absolute shitbag of a human being and no i didn't know that yeah oh yeah yeah he's he's firmly in libertarian like prove to me what racism is kind of kind of bullshit like he's 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 sicked fans onto other onto other you know members of the supernatural community and things like that like it's been he's been pretty bad i want to say it here because he's going to pop up throughout season seven and i don't want to talk about it every episode because that's probably bad podcasting so uh (laughs) (laughs) we acknowledge that uh this dude still does a really good lucifer and he you know, so like this, seeing him pop up here is very jarring. It's almost kind of exciting, even because it's it's dangerous. Like it feels like, oh shit! Like mm-hmm. if this wall is broken and he's literally bringing back Lucifer, like we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, what this exchange amounts to is like, oh, did you think that you escaped, Sam? No, you're still in hell. The best trick that I could pull on you was making you think that you got away. And you're going to wake up and you're still going to be in the cage with me where you belong. And whether that was true or not, I mean, it's not true. Sam is out. Like, everybody else can see him. (laughs) This whole, the last two seasons (laughs) has just been from, like, Sam's point of view. Um, But the idea of of that as, like, a trick is, like, really, really good. It's, like, at any point, Sam's going to feel like the flashes that he's seeing are reality and everything else is the lie. Yeah, this... The idea, uh, and this is this is what the devil always did great, or uh, this is what the devil always did very very well. Like from the moment that we started seeing him when he was trying to possess um, that dude, that that first guy, Nick or whatever, uh, and the way that he's tried to possess Sam when he first started kind of courting Sam to get him to accept to be accept mm-hmm. him as a to, to be a vessel. Uh, Lucifer would try to make you believe things by telling you the truth. This feels like it's an outright lie. Uh, but it still is trying to convince you, which I think is how you know that this isn't the real Lucifer, right? Like this is this yeah, is something in Sam's, in Sam's head. Um, but 
if Sam knows that Lucifer doesn't lie to you and this is like something like he would automatically believe this. Like he's, he's tempted to believe this and it fucks with him. And obviously it fucks with him so much that he has to leave. Like he, he walks halfway through the hallway, carefully places the blood on the floor and then leaves. <laughs> he doesn't, mm-hmm. which is really kind of strange, but he leaves without the confrontation, which is the, the most important thing. Like he just leaves before all of this business with Castiel and the souls happen. Yeah. When we don't see him again for the rest of the episode, he he's just gone. Leaves. We don't really know what happened. We'll see him in season eight. Um, We're not going to deal with the so rest. Yeah, of <laughs> his hair is going to be super long, and he's just going to be gone for a while. We've had soulless um, Sam, soul for Sam, and now we're ready for Shaggy Sam. I'm ready. Yeah, which which is a real thing. Season eight, Sam dude is got like he looks like freaking Thor. Um, oh yeah, he does get he does get long in the in, in the hair, doesn't he? Yeah, Dean even has to like make a comment about it at a certain point, but we're not there yet. So, um, meanwhile, they do the spell. They Dean gets his cup of blood that he needs. They do their spell. Um, Just real and- quick, I like that Dean uh, went went to find Sam and then found the blood and like looked up and fa- realized Sam was gone and was like, "I can't, I can't fucking deal with this right now. Like, I got other important shit to do." It feels like yeah, such like a dramatic. Maybe he had departure. to take a shit. Yeah, it seems like a dramatic departure from Dean from season one that would literally throw away anything to to chase his brother down. Whereas now it's mm-hmm. like, oh my buddy Kaz, my quote unquote buddy Kaz is definitely uh, yeah. <laughs> need some help and I need to go take care of him first. <laughs> so yeah, please continue. Um, so Sorry. yeah, he he uh, they they do the spell. They open the door to purgatory in the wall, and it's just like a cool black hole effect appears there, and. uh the souls just go flying out of Castiel and they save the day and that's it. And that's it. You know, problem solved. I do like the effect that they use where we see the wall opening from the other side. Yeah. The CGI effect. Cool. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit cheesy compared to mm-hmm. nowadays stuff, but it's still very, very good. Like I think it's, it still holds up pretty well. Yeah, it works. It works. Um, so yeah, those souls all go rushing out of Castiel. Um, and that seems like it's, it's pretty good. He, he seems like he's half dead. He's lying there. Um, and, and that's when Dean is like, why didn't you listen to me? You idiot. Like he's now he's mournful looking at his friend. Like, you know, I didn't accept your apology before, but like, man, we were, we were something before. And now you're dead at my feet because of all this. Like, why didn't you just listen to me? Why didn't you back down? Why did we, why did it have to come to this? Um, but then somehow Castiel is back. It was the commercial break that did it. It was the commercial break. It brought <laughs> commercial, him back. Commercial break saved my life, just like the DJ. And he and he thinks <clears> that, <throat> uh, or he thanks them. He 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 thanks Dean and Bobby for for helping him. And he says that he he wants to be redeemed. He wants to find some sort of redemption. And then suddenly he's telling them that they need to run and they need to get away from him. And he's commanding them to run because he can't hold them back anymore. And that they held on so strong inside happening. of him, they refused to leave. And uh, so, man, this this stuff with Castiel right here, that again, just talking about Misha Collins as an actor, when his head starts going at kind of weird, unnatural angles, and uh, it's he starts acting very, very aggressive and weird. This is so mm-hmm. fucking spooky and scary. I love this. Yeah. <clears throat> he, it's the it's the Leviathan says he's the Leviathan. He says it in a very intense way. Leviathan. <laughs> He, they, they are there, and and all of that power, besides that, is gone. There's nothing for Castiel to hold on to anymore. Uh, and and they went out, and they, and then Misha turns into a, a new actor suddenly. Uh, he does this weird like head turn, and he he starts talking as a Leviathan. And I will say that uh, I like that the Leviathans. We get like a consistent big bad here. I hate them. I hate the way that they are like represented. Um, 
I like Misha Collins like doing a whole new thing here, but I don't like that they're like the maniacal like <laughs> type of villain because that's kind of uh, yeah. what they are. Um, yeah, the, but I, I mean, the, Misha still kills it here. Yeah, he, he he's very good. Uh, I mean, and all we see is like these black tendrils coming up from his neck to take over his face, and he says, like, you know, this is going to be so much fun in a really creepy way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm with you though. <clears throat> we'll get to it in the in the series. Obviously, like we'll get to it in subsequent episodes. But uh, right now, I am in love with this Leviathan stuff. Like I, yeah, 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 yeah. the 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 Same. weird, uh, you know pre-humanity god creations that were he was so ashamed of he hid from you know the rest of the universe and uh even creatures that death found entertaining which is mm-hmm. you know that's that's a pretty evocative kind of kind of thought yeah. uh this this is really 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 fascinating to me i, I love misha here obviously kills that we were mentioning that but like the fact that it's a different kind of possession almost um mm-hmm. he, he actually started having me think like well if all of the souls are in has and they could get out could they you know conceivably take over other people like is this a different kind of possession than yeah, you know, demonic yeah. possession so uh i would love um a version of the leviathans that is more like that cackling intensity like visually but without the um again like maniacal villain stuff that's like my biggest complaint about the leviathans going forward is they they seem like very like comic book villains which we've always gotten stuff like that but very much like um uh skeletor type like this is gonna be fun like that's not what they sound like but I wish that they had that same sort of like primal ferocity, but it was less verbal. These things that are older than the soul, I feel like they should be a little bit more strange and a little less um, vocalized, I guess. Okay. I'm with you. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm like, I remember, I remember a lot about the season as I think about it. Uh, I, I don't remember the kind of ramp up for the rest of the season. So I'm going to be really interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, I might be totally wrong. This might be just me projecting something, but I, I, I really, for now, uh, on this ep- one episode, I'm, I'm really into it. Like I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about yep. it and it ends. Mm-hmm. This is where this episode ends. And, uh, Chris, I don't know if you know this. We spent an hour and a half talking about a forty-five minute TV show. Now, so God damn it, we still we did, did it. it. We, we did, did it. it. Yeah, we we actually um, we, we were going to reduce our content down a little bit. This should have been the season finale. <laughs> this this should have been how they ended last season. This would have been like what the absolutely fuck? should have been the season finale. If they had gone to twenty-three episodes and this was episode number twenty-three, I think it would have been perfect. And I think you could and have I think that per- I mean, picked it up. the thing is here, like they took the time to to think it out. They they yeah. had to. It was like they were kind of like flying by the seat of their pants in season six. Like they never had a clear plan plan. Or like something didn't work out, so they started shifting gears halfway through. Uh, and this, it's like, okay, we've had to, the time to think about what happened, and let's pick up the pieces from there. Yes. Agreed. So, um, that's it. We're going yeah, to we be back it. next we week. Covered, <laughs> yeah, our, our episode about an episode is longer than the episode. Yep, yep that makes it's, sense. That's of course, because it's, it's Chris and Jeremy, and that's what Monster of the Week is. Um, yeah. I'm really excited about season seven. I, I'm I'm very pumped for it. Uh, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. cannot wait to 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 watch some more episodes. Uh, yeah, I like this episode a lot. So yeah, I um, let's see. I think that's the end of this episode. We should probably go ahead and close this out. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I guess I should say, do you have any final thoughts before we do this? Are you you're all done? No, yeah. I, I'm I'm also looking forward to cool. the rest of the season. So well, see thank what you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Chris, where can you be found on Twitter? And tell us about some of your other stuff you have going on on the internet. Um, I am mostly just hanging out on Twitter, at Local Bones. I have two other podcasts that are occasionally are doing things. The Pretenders Go, which I've talked about on here before, which is like a role-playing podcast. There will be more of that in the future. That's just been on a hiatus. Um, and the Chomp Chain Podcast, which is once in a blue moon, a video game podcast. 
awesome uh you can find me on twitter at jg greer uh you can find all of my other projects there too i have a, a podcast about dark souls i have a podcast about x-men the animated series and i i've been guesting on some podcasts lately so follow my twitter if you want to get to see some of that stuff it's been a lot of fun i've been talking about some weird horror movies and some cool video games and, and things like that it's been a lot of fun um if you want to get in touch with the podcast the best way to do that is going to monster of the and choosing your social media of choice we monitor all of that stuff including instagram facebook tumblr and twitter twitter is where we are <laughs> easily the most active because we're both twitter addicts for some reason uh mm-hmm. you can check out our patreon patreon.com slash monster of the week there's really really cool bonuses uh chris does custom artwork on top of the normal weekly episode art that he sends in the mail to you or will send you a digital file of you get access to our discord so you can actually like go hang out with some other monster of the week and supernatural folk and talk about supernatural constantly which is a really really good time and that's going to be it we'll be back next week with uh season seven episode two y'all see you later bye fucking two hours of recording on one episode <laughs> god damn it we, we still couldn't we couldn't rein it in we could not rein it in That's when you happen. That's what happens when you stab friends in the back. <laughs> you get diss tracks about you. I didn't understand the Beyonce in the wedding dress with the baseball bat, but you know, I, I didn't have to. Uh, DMs for D- Jerome's kids because oh, okay. uh, if people don't don't uh, pay me, I, I like post a gif of either like Rihanna like asking for money, and the last time I did it, I, like put that picture of. Beyonce in the yellow dress with the baseball bat, like coming at the camera or whatever. And then um, Jesse said something about it on the salt report. And I was like, don't worry, Jesse, if you ever actually owe me money, I promise I will dress up in the yellow dress and with the baseball bat. So it's become a thing since you, you crazy kids. I wouldn't know because, you know, excluded. All of this, all you, not only are you in the DMs that I'm talking about, <laughs> the Salt Report is a public, publicly available podcast. <laughs> you were not excluded at all. That's just that's just that's just you talking, bruh. It's fucking bullshit, man. It's just you talking, bruh. How's your week been going, man? You been good, man. It's better now. I had that like all those that the shit I had to do at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Basically running these reports, it's like not worth trying to explain. But running these reports, they kind of take all day. That's why we have one person who does it every day. Like that's her full time job. Um, and we work with her, and like you know, she'll send us questions like, "Hey, this this thing, can you please like give me more information?" So we're aware we're aware of what the reports are, but we have never like worked on them ourselves. So it's been a uh, it was an interesting experience going like Friday to Wednesday just doing a f- like another person's full-time job and normally it's just like the like management like the supervisors who have to do it but this time my supervisor is fairly new so i helped him out and we did it together which probably made it way easier mm. but 
Yeah, it was interesting. And like by Wednesday, we had like our, knew how to do everything and there was no issues. But then today it was like nice to just not have to fucking think about it anymore. <laughs> and then tomorrow, my boss is not in. He's on vacation. So it's just going to be a fucking sweet ass Friday. That sounds fucking great. Are you just going to like hang out yeah. and not like actually do any work? You're just going to kind of browse. I'm going to have work to do, but like I'm going to. It's also just going to be like sweet, sweet hanging. I love sweet, sweet hanging, man. That's one of my yeah. favorite things. <laughs> do enough work so that it like doesn't come back to me on monday exactly and then i'll be yeah, on yeah. you just yeah. want to chill like you don't want to like get in trouble right like you don't want to lay yeah. over. Like, you're not going to take a nap at work that's that's not no. what you're going to do but i'll be doing that sweet sweet hanging sweet sweet hanging <laughs> sneasel says she's three episodes behind what the fuck sneasel you were supposed to be our, one, our number one supporter i feel very betrayed right now I'm just going to respond to her because she's, I've actually seen her posting pictures of like a, like she's been on like a vacation. She's been like riding around in the ocean and shit. So she's been what? Riding around in the ocean. Like she's, she was in the ocean the last time I saw a picture of her. So what was she doing in the ocean? I'm having a good fucking time, man. It's fucking summertime. Drowning? It's no, it's summertime over there. <laughs> they have backwards. Um, Before I start going off about Shadow of the Colossus, how was your week? Uh, it's been very good. I um I sang on a podcast, which was a first. Yeah, you sure did. I um, uh, Autumn is gone from Mardi Gras, so she left today. So she'll she'll be in the parade uh, tomorrow, and then she'll come back on Saturday, which, be, which is very oh, exciting. Wow. Um, and other than that, just been chill. Been doing some work. Had some good work news this this week. We had a deal that that's was, good. Did you get the account that you wanted? I call everything like an account. Um, so the one that you're thinking of that I like had to go take a phone call for, that's still on. Yeah. But the uh, the bid has been delayed again. So that that whole that whole crazy phone call situation was because my boss had read that it was uh, um, that it had been canceled, but in reality it had just been delayed like a couple of days, and then it got delayed again. So it was supposed to bid today, and now it's bidding in twelve days on the twentieth. So, uh, but I'm locked into that. Like assuming that nothing bad happens in the next twelve days, like nothing weird that we don't expect happens in the next twelve days, will be fine. I'm not worried about that one. Well, and that's then, good. That's good. The one that. Um, I think I talked about this on the podcast that I was like stressing about because I had people come over to the house and like we had to get the water turned on and I had to go drive like three hours. Yeah. So that, that got locked down. Finally, we have a, we have a verbal agreement. We don't have anything in writing. We're doing that on Monday. So, so, you know, they legally, they can probably go back on it, but that makes them fucking coward. (laughs) Yeah. They were definitely not, uh, (laughs) that water utility is not acting along the, uh, along the principles of the Bushido, if you will. Like they have, they have given their word. They're going to, I'm using, I'm trying to use language that you can understand. I was going to say, thank you for putting it in terms that I can understand. (laughs) What do you call it? Like a Bushido dude that like is bad thing but like is is dishonored or whatever um i don't know because it's i mean is that a ronin usually what a ronin is it's that's a masterless samurai in many would consider ronin to be a disgrace to the bushido code depending on how they live their life Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know if if you just lived your life uh, providing water to about twenty five thousand people is that considered a disgrace to the bushido code (laughs) I, i mean if that's what you set out to do every morning and you just like are determined to do that um at all costs Wait, and you just live by that life you're probably good is the bushido code just like i'm gonna make up a goal for myself and as long as i meet it i'm okay with the bushidos um, is that how no, that works i don't think i i don't think i have the bushido book <laughs> i think it's 
You have it in your I bedroom. did. I read it in middle you have school. It on your night, you have it on your nightstand. <laughs> I used to have it in my in my desk drawer, but this desk doesn't have drawers anymore, so I don't know where it is. Who? But who is it such a Bushido authority that they feel like they can write a Bushido book in 2018? Like what? I don't what know. Is, well, no, it wasn't in 2018. It was like a translation of like what like the teachings from text. some samurai man. Yeah, I think it was very much dumbed down because like again, I read it in middle school, so. Um, it just like preached the tenets, but hey, they were like, it's fine to be gay, you guys. Like, just don't like let it get in the way of like being a samurai, as with all love. Okay, so like, if you, it doesn't matter if you. What about what if what if my lover? Well, no, I think you were like, it's like if you want to have a family, like that's it's important to continue the family line. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're a male, you need to like have a wife and children. But like, it does not matter who you have sex with as long as it's above board with everybody. Like, you can have sex with your fellow samurai if that is what you are so inclined to do. Just make sure that like you are like obeying like the code of honor or whatever. I don't remember. I read it in seventh grade, and you know, I just so, thought it was woke. So could I? <laughs> you did not in seventh grade know the word woke no, in this context. No. I guarantee that. I almost will guarantee that you weren't saying the word woke until 2017 in this context. Yeah. Because I was way late to that to yeah, the woke party. Exactly. Yeah. Just like I'm I remember my little cousin, my little cousin telling me about phrase. Sorry. About <laughs> yeah. My little cousin told me about how like people at school like compete to see who the most woke is, and I was like, "That's fucking. That's a different time than what I lived in, that's, man." Yeah, man. Like compete. That's weird. Um, yeah. I'm still I'm still hung up on this though. So if I'm a Bushido and I'm a gay Bushido, mm-hmm. um, yeah. can there be women Bushido? Is that are they? Um, are they yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that back in wow when all of this was was a thing in like the samurai era, mm-hmm. um, I think traditionally women were not um, like hanging around carrying swords the way that we picture a samurai, but they can very much still be samurai. You know, okay. it's all about the spirit. It's not about uh, anything else. And so, if my gay lover, whether or not I'm, sure. I'm a woman or I'm a man, is mm-hmm. um, uh, killed by a rival mm-hmm. clan, sure, or let's just say the clan, is okay. it is it Bushido code for me to go and avenge myself upon them? I don't know if revenge is necessarily a part of it, but okay. in some cases, yes, to like restore the honor of whoever it was that was wronged. Sometimes it is necessary to uh, enact revenge and then, you know, die trying. And that's, that's good. That's, this is probably like very like culturally insensitive of me to be giving you my rudimentary ideas. I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm just poking at myself. Like I really love uh, uh, that, that whole like it's samurai mm-hmm. stuff. I guess uh, Japanese history. <laughs> you love it so much that you call it stuff. That I that I call it stuff. Yeah. I always thought Japanese history was like really fascinating, but it's like it's yeah. still like an outsider's perspective looking in at a culture that I don't quite understand. And this is me um, taking the piss from Chris because I know he's into this stuff mm-hmm. and asking him like really specific questions because I know he doesn't know it in detail. <laughs> so I just want to see him try to make it up on the spot. So you're right. It's this, not easy. This, we could be dipping into some insensitive territory right here. We might need to we might need to st- step it out. Have you? <laughs> yeah, have you just snip, snip the insensitive part. <laughs> Have you killed any giant, beautiful creatures today? <laughs> okay, not today, but I killed uh, many the last two days. So, hey, let's talk about the Eco Beach. Let's talk about the Eco Beach. I'm, in, I'm, I'm in like 99% sure that that's still the same beach. It's been a long time since, since I went there. So, it at the end of Eco... 100% the same same beach. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was a different area in Shadow. I just remember that it was there. But I haven't beaten Eco in, in like five years, so I don't remember if 
that's what it looks like. So you get you random like after the credits ending of Eco, you're on a little beach, uh, and with then a it was watermelon, like if you did it correctly with a watermelon. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping there'd be a watermelon on this beach, but I didn't find one. I checked every nook and cranny in the remake of Shadow of the Colossus, but um, there was a corner of this beach on the PS2 version where you run all the way to the corner and there's no waves because there's waves coming all the way to the shore. And once the waves get big enough, they kick you back and you, you know, wander will roll back to the shore. And that's their way of putting up an invisible wall, which is cool. Which is a really neat Um, way to do that. I've always, I've always enjoyed that. Yeah. But there is one patch where there aren't any waves. And I don't know if it's because of the way that the textures collide, uh, like the sand and the, the mountain next to it. And then the, uh, water like whatever it is there's just a, an open pathway and you can swim out super far into the ocean uh, and then eventually you do hit an invisible wall like it doesn't go on forever but i used to swim out to the to the very edge of that thinking this is here for a reason and then i would crane around tr- crane the camera around and try to look beyond the rocks that are uh to your right and just was like well there's something over there there's something white sticking out over there mm-hmm. and that's going to be like a hidden area or a colossus or something is over there i was sure of it and I looked the other night because I went out there and used photo mode to t- pull the camera back. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd over say there. that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's just more mountains over there. Unfortunately, that's all it was. Uh, and I knew that that's all it would be, but I, like, I needed to look. But even you know, swimming out there, then you can come back around. Like, you can curve in behind where the waves were. So like an area that you just aren't supposed to be able to get to. And that's when I posted that photo of just being able to walk underwater for a little while. Mm-hmm. You it definitely just like, like, it, were it, not supposed to do that. They, they didn't even like yeah. program in the water effects for that. Yeah, they just it, you just drop, say you're swimming, and then you just drop down to your feet, and then you're walking, and you're not like losing stamina anymore. Um, but you can only do it for a few steps, and then you come back into swimming. And then you can move in a little bit further, and then you go back to walking, and then it's swimming again. But it's just these two little areas that I found. I didn't find anything else. Why that fascinates me, I don't know. Well, but I just like it fascinates me because uh, I, this is stuff that I would expect to see from a, a like a PS1 game that was in such heavy development that it got moved to PS2 and that mm-hmm. um that came out that was obviously pushing as hard as it could the um the, the technology at the time right like this this was a game that even at the time the PS2 like you'd put the disc in and be like are you serious like again i can't yeah. <laughs> i can't i can't lift this this is too much <laughs> um yeah and it you know even when it came out on PS3 and they upresed it like it still all that all they did there was just you know render it at kind of a higher resolution uh up to the what call it the um the uh, frame rate a little bit but mm-hmm. it still had all of that like kind of weird stuff that they did to design this around ps2 so now we have a remake that is like they've they've said that they did from the ground up like they redesigned all of these monsters but it really seems like they went out of their way to capture the same like ai and behavior and like all of the weird stuff that you could even like the camera stuff that you could do they seem to have recreated like it's a yeah it is a like slavishly faithful to the original remake which is kind of fascinating like the fact that they mm-hmm. let you do this stuff almost tells me like they didn't they did it on purpose right like they knew that you could right. do this originally so they recreated it in this game which is fucking bonkers to me yeah as soon as i got over to that area i was like well gotta take a 15 minute detour to go look down at this beach and see if I can find all the stuff that I found when I was 16 and was fascinated by. And it was all still there. So that was pretty cool. And like, it doesn't mean anything, but like it, the fact that it's there does mean something, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of fascinating. That game is, feels like it's filled with secrets, even though in reality there's, mm-hmm. there's not just a whole lot of secrets in it. Like I know they've gone back and um, I guess spoilers for people who care, but by the time this comes out, like it's going to be all over anyway, but they've like put in some collectibles in that game that you can kind of find. 
and people are thinking like, oh man, you know, something crazy is going to happen. I can't imagine anything crazy is going to happen. Right. It's going to unlock an achievement or something, right? Like there's nothing, there's no yeah. way that there's a 17th Colossus is what I'm saying. Because I know that it's called Nomad Colossus, which I was going to send you his YouTube videos yesterday. And then suddenly it comes out, like I, I was talking to Allison on Twitter and she's like, yeah, there's all these things and I'm looking into it. I'm like, oh, Nomad Colossus. It's credited in this. It's like the 79 steps of enlightenment. So people think that there's these 79 gold coins you can collect. And then it says something about Nomad Colossus, who is a YouTuber. And he's the guy whose blog I read however many years ago. He was searching and doing all these things and compiling stuff from all over the internet, piecing together what he thought the, the story was. And that was just more of like a creative, fun thing to read somebody's interpretation of all this stuff. Saying, I believe that, um, you know, X, Y, or Z, these three things are... Uh, potential uh, origins for why Mono was sacrificed. Um, and then at XYZ, this is who Wander is in relation to her. And this is why he did this. Like lots of things. Like one of them was like, um, she died in his place or he was responsible for her death. And he, that's why he's brought her here. It's not even like a, I love you type of thing. It's a, I, I like wronged you type of thing, which I don't read it that way, but just like, it's fun to play with those theories and think about that stuff. So he did a lot of that. And then I think he developed a camera somehow within the game that allowed him to to break through like the boundaries of the game to be able to look at stuff mm. um so he would go up and look at the tower and be like are there is there another colossus hidden up here or like whatever uh and so he became famous sort of for like finding every tiny little secret in the game and then at one point like years after that ueda said that there was still a secret in the game that nobody had ever found i don't know what that is I don't know if he'll ever reveal it, and it probably like has been found, but he's just not going to say it has because he's sure. like that. Um, so yeah, I don't know what uh, I'm just going to Google it right now because <laughs> I don't know what those 79 coins are. Well, the, I saw today um, our buddy Nick on Twitter um, at Strenuous Orb, who probably does mm-hmm. not listen to this podcast about hunks. If I had to guess, he's like serious film Twitter kind of dude. Um, yeah, yeah. He uh, he he linked somebody who was searching for uh, number seventy six and number seventy seven. That was a couple of hours ago, and so I booted it up, and they're still live streaming. And uh, it's only it looks like they've already found seventy six and seventy seven. And since the internet hasn't exploded, I'm assuming like nothing has happened. But I'm not listening to sound, so I don't really, and I can, I don't see any chat, so I don't know what the what the actual <laughs> like. There's I am uh, I'm really anxious to see if anything happens i don't think that there would be another colossus but just just something tangible to like i don't know just something would be cool and it'd be it it would definitely be cool i um even if this is just like 77 areas that um we is there 79 or 77 because he's saying he found 77 so far so i guess they may still 79 is what they were saying okay um, but even if it's like, hey, here's 79 areas that are way out of your way that you would probably never see if you were just going Colossus to Colossus to Colossus and not really like mm-hmm. taking your time. Like this, we just we enjoyed remaking these areas so much that we wanted to give players a reason to go to them. I think that's even that is worth it, right? Like that's that's just a cool thing for them to put in the game to yeah have sure. players appreciate it. I think it's, I th- it definitely <laughs> can backfire because mm-hmm. like doing something like this definitely like this happened with Bloodborne. Uh, there was like a stray piece of text that said like you could turn into a beast or something in Bloodborne and people went fucking crazy trying to find it. And it turns out that no, you, you can't, <laughs> you it just, it was just, you had a beast meter that you filled up that you did more damage. You didn't physically change or anything, but the players were really, really, 
um, mean about it <laughs> all the time. It was really, really bad. So I am not expecting anything real to happen, but what if? What if? What if, dude? What if? I'm gonna go what play Shadow do? as soon as we finish, because like, oh yeah, absolutely. It, it turns out that I like. I used to always say, you know, when people talk about their favorite games all the time, that was always in there. Mm-hmm. But it like has fallen further and further back in my memory because I played it. I think mm, honestly, I probably played it three times over or four. Or, no, wait, no, I played it five times over on PS3 because I was trying to get the platinum for some reason and I didn't get it. Um, the and I played can it. F- can fuck off too, by the way. Yeah, I think all the like, lizards. All the lizards is something imp- like that. Just feels impossible to do. The one that uh, I couldn't get was the save shrines because I went to all of them and I saved at all of them that I could feasibly. I had a map printed out. I was Xing them off and everything, and it just like I couldn't it get unlock, it. So yeah. I, I, I did the same thing. I think that because I, I really feel like that one was broken for a lot of people because I mm-hmm. I know for a fact like I went to every single one and still didn't get anything. So yeah, that's like, but um. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, but I'm like just as back in it as I was when I first played that. It's like I played I played for many hours on Tuesday night. Although weirdly it says my playtime is at like two and a half hours, which cannot possibly be true. There's something weird going on with that because there's yeah. there's definitely some times where I'm like, okay, this because it did some weird save stuff for me. I feel like it's only counting certain amount of time. Like I feel like it's only counting the like time you're not idle or something. I don't know. I don't know how to explain yeah, maybe. it. But it definitely feels like it's it's weird. I will say that this feels like the game. I said this on Twitter. This feels like the game that my memory always made this game out to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I, uh, when I would go, when I would think about this game, I would remember like all of these incredibly epic moments and these, this, this, you know, just riding on the top of, the, of or on the back of a Colossus and doing these amazing things. And then when I would actually play it, like the game was such a technical Marvel, but it was at the same time, it was, wasn't great <laughs> like it ran at like 15 no. frames per second and like there was like some of the stuff looked kind of like you had to you had to kind of you had to buy in right like it was epic and beautiful right. and amazing but you had to kind of put yourself into it a little bit to get at that point whereas now it seems like mm-hmm. this is the game i can see across the map it's beautiful it's gorgeous like it's the only thing that i don't like is the way that wander looks now which is a like i never see that dude very strange like, I, I don't really care so I can't put uh, I can't put him in any in any screenshots facing the camera though. <laughs> no, not not at all. I did get a good one of um, you know, the waterfalls that you can kind of see uh, on the way to number five. I don't know any of their names, by the way. I'm not that hardcore of a dude. So. I don't know any of their names either. Never okay. never learned any of them. <laughs> Me either. Um, but the number five, the flying one, you can kind of stop on the way over there and look over, and there's all those waterfalls. Well, I I did oh, yeah. the, I did the photo mode, and it just so happened that Wander and Agro were like looking at each other. Like they were standing facing the waterfalls and then they both like turned to each other at the same time when I hit the photo mode. And I was like, well, this is just a buddy moment that I have to have framed yeah. on the wall. This is this fucking is beautiful. amazing. <laughs> photo mode That's is so fucking great, man. I wish every single video game had it ever. Like it's, it's just beautiful. It's free marketing for these people too. Like, Hey, does your game look great? Put it in a photo mode. People will post screenshots and that's free advertising for you. <laughs> the, uh, the only thing I, uh, I, I don't like when, when games do with photo mode dragon's dogma the remaster on ps4 did this they uh automatically put in the uh dragon's dogma logo on top of your like carefully, oh, yeah. you know framed screenshot which was shitty mm-hmm. i've even seen people do the uh the thing where they make movies based on photo mode so they're like capture the footage of like slowly moving left to right or whatever or circling around something and then like edit all a bunch of those into like really dramatic scenes what the fuck? Yeah, I've seen stuff like people. I've seen people do that stuff, and I cannot wait for 
like I haven't really dived into a, vi- a video games YouTube community in a long time, and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go crazy on some Shadow of the Colossus in like two weeks because <laughs> yeah. it's gonna take about that long for people to get real stupid with it. It's gonna get good. Um, I'm gonna go hit the bathroom real quick, and then do you want to start? Yeah, sure. All right, I should have peed earlier, but now I mean I've been here for 27 minutes, so hey, hey, it's up to you, man. KBRB. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ASMRJ. This week, I'd like to discuss rap battles. Recently, I was challenged to freestyle on my YouTube channel, and um, I think that you know this, but it is almost impossible to freestyle and ASMR at the same time. The mental acuity it would take to accomplish both of those things at the same time is incredibly difficult, and listeners and fans, I... I just run a YouTube channel. I'm not particularly talented. I'm not I'm not studying for this shit. I'm just I'm just lowering my voice and talking real soft and trying to exaggerate my otherwise normal southern accent for your pleasure. I can't freestyle. I can't do any of these things. I can I can barely speak at a no more tone of voice anymore. I might be losing my job every time I answer the phone, I answer it with hello. This is ASMRJ. And the last time I did it it was my boss and he he had no idea who ASMRJ was, which, number one, is very hurtful for me as a burgeoning YouTube superstar. But number two, you know, endangers my, my job. And I I just, listeners, if you, if you can please just refrain from challenging me to, to rap battles, it's, it's, it's very nerve-wracking. It increases my anxiety. And um, thank you. Please like and uh, smash that subscribe button on your way out. All right. Oh, we got we got a response back from Sneasel. <laughs> Whoops. What did she say? She's like, I'm not on vacation, but I still love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to hit it to it? I am. I'm just going to make sure that, that Sneasel knows that she's loved. I did talk a lot of shit about Pokemon a couple weeks ago. Uh-oh. She loves Pokemon Go, right? I believe she's into that 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 Pigo is like as the as the millennials call it nowadays. Pigo on the on the iPhone. Ah. Yeah, I'm good. You want to you want to do the thing? Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. How's my audio, by the way? Motherfucker. <laughs> sorry, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. I thought I had an extra second to get that out. <laughs> fucking hilarious sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh your audio is fine you sound great why did you change something? okay sometimes i've recently i feel like i've been getting too close to the mic or like getting too loud or something so i don't i just want to i think if you're if you're listening to the edited versions of that then it's um mm-hmm. it could possibly be that i'm uh over compressing you a little bit i noticed that when i um exported my audio to twin humanities for that new episode like it sound i sound a little over compressed and uh, filtered a little bit and I've been leaning on that because uh, we have to our, our podcasts are usually so long that I mm-hmm. um, export them to a pretty low bit rate so I want them to be pretty compressed so that we you know continue to sound good during those even if they're yeah. squashed down really really tiny um, but yeah now that we're we're doing something a little bit smaller I might I might try to increase the the bit rate a little bit so and and ease up on the compression so that we both sound a little a little bit more um, full I guess is the cool 
I'm just sending you a picture of my Shadow of the Colossus picture that I have on my desk here. And then uh, and then I'm good to go. Sorry. That's, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm into this. I have four of these. One for Shadow, one for... You know, I'll just send you the other ones. <laughs> I have so many screenshots of Shadow of the Colossus on my... I'm just going to do like a, a giant like dump like I did with Nier to my, my fake Facebook account so that I can just look at them all yeah, the time. Yeah, good call. All right, I'm sending you three pictures. Hot damn. These aren't really like organized the way I want them. I used to have them hanging in my bedroom, but I moved them over here. What am I looking at? Oh, that is a good picture. Got the Supernatural novel. Very yeah, handy. Like, this is kind of like yeah, Chris.jpg right here. This is this is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's supposed to be like, um, obviously, book covers. Got Katamari and then Metal Gear and Final Fantasy. But. Let's see. They, they, were, they were not there yet. Of course, it's Final Fantasy. Oh, I got my first. Uh, I love that Katamari frame. That picture, by the way, that is right? beautiful. Yeah, big fan of that. Huge, huge fan. Of the, oh, look, you got the little watch from Jake Lionheart. Yeah, it's chilling. Um, I can see mine too. It's it's kind of front and center on my on my bookshelf. Here, I'll send you a picture. Since we're just sharing pictures around, I'll yeah, just, we're just sharing pics. Just you know, just just checking it out. I gotta edit out all this, all these porn books. You probably don't want to see those. <laughs> you know, I, re- I don't know about you, but I read a lot of porn. That's what happens when you get older. You <laughs> so just, much porn. You just, you just, you know, the the visual aid doesn't do it for you anymore. Like I, I just, I never need to see another boob again. But if you, if you, no. if you put the word breast in print, like I'm, I'm falling all over myself. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to ever see a boob again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we are, we are strictly. It's 2018. This, this is not the year of the boob. That was last. year. I'm a thinking man. <laughs> I'm a thinking man. I don't, I don't need any, any breast. <laughs> Also on that um, Twin Humanities podcast, so that you know how you can dress up your your palico in uh, in Monster Hunter World. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was wearing this this outfit. It's kind of like a I put it put it in like a like a snowboard esque outfit. It's it's real like white fuzzy kind of kind of outfit, and it's got these um, on the palico. It's got these like little leather straps uh, with pink circles on them. So I'm like just playing the game, just having a good time, enjoying myself. And Autumn comes home. And I'm like looking at the new gear I can find. And she's like, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. That's cool. She goes, what are you wearing right now? And I'm like, oh, let me let me take this these previews off and I'll just show you my, my normal picture. And she said, oh, my God, Jeremy, that cat has titties. And I, <laughs> I said, it doesn't. Not. It's just. A, and I was like, oh, God, it definitely looks like definitely looks like that cat has titties. I got to I got to back <laughs> off of this. But when I was recording, Kitty ain't supposed to have titties. When I was recording Twin Humanities, I don't know what it was, but like I felt shy about using the word titties, so I said that cat has tits, and I don't know which one. I don't know which one would be worse to say. Like, I, I, obviously, <laughs> both are fine. I just, like, I'm talking. I'm, you know, I'm not talking about anybody's titties. I'm talking about hypothetical titties. I'm pretty sure Patty has used Patty has used the expression "big anime titties" before. Yeah, I guess I don't know why I got weird about saying the word titties with CJ and Pat. That seems like a, a really just, weird thing. Because they just seem so much more respectable mm-hmm. than the rest of us. Um, that's a great look at Bookshelf, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's tightly packed. It's got uh, good figure placement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. The uh, That top shelf is kind of a Dark Souls only thing until I got that uh, that uh, Breath of the Wild Amiibo. And I didn't really know what to do with, oh, oh, <laughs> with I see, her. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Put- not the top top shelf, but the... You could put it down on your uh, amiibo shelf right below it. Yeah, I I could. I don't remember why I didn't at the pa- in the past though. Like I had a reason to do that. I just don't remember what it was. 
So are you okay with us starting a Supernatural podcast? Yes, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm the one who fucking derailed us. Let me, uh, now I gotta delete this marker that I made. Yep. I recorded my fan fiction already on this audio file. You did not. I sure did. Oh my god, Chris. I came down, that's why I was at like three minutes or whatever when I hit record. That's hilarious. I fucked up a little bit too, so I was like, Jeremy, please, please cut that out. <laughs> oh, I'm not. You're going to get I know it you're not. I know you're not going <laughs> to. Maybe I like it raw. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do the thing. Okay. Before we actually record a two and a half hour podcast. I know. Let's try to let's just this. keep this, keep this into like a tight hour for the main app at mm-hmm. least. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is really good like you can't apologize for the shit that you're doing <laughs> like this isn't gonna work i'm still gonna help you but this is ridiculous <laughs> sorry i had a mouthful of water <laughs> me too i was also taking uh taking a drink so good good for the both of us staying hydrated yeah all right jeremy i'm gonna give you a couple uh different takes here round two uh give a little bit of different spacing between a couple of them because i don't know if it'll be easier for you for editing but i'll try <clears throat> this is monster of the week it's with chris and jeremy sam is broken dean's all whack fuck god damn it <laughs> shit i'll try this again <laughs> My phone, I was looking at it for uh, the lyrics, and they went away right there. All right. So a while back, I think somebody at some point said that they they missed me doing the uh, Dad's Diary segments, like looking up lore and stuff. So I thought that I would take a look at Dad's Diary, like go through it. And just see if I could pull out some entries and um, see if there was anything interesting that John Winchester got up to. So I didn't really know where to start. So I went to my own birthday to think, yeah, did anything uh, did anything happen in the world of Supernatural on the day that I was born? And uh, I, I did find an entry, which is interesting. And I found that John Winchester had a really weird way of expressing himself. He used a lot of expressions I'd never heard before. I don't think anyone's ever heard before. Um, but we only ever got Dad's Diary through the perspective of Sam and Dean. Of two dudes who like worship this guy and who just thought that he knew everything about monsters, but taking a look at it from an outside perspective uh, gives a little bit of a different idea of who John Winchester was as a person. So uh, I'm going to read you the entry from uh, the day that I was born. It's just a random day in John Winchester's life, but I thought it was interesting. So here we go. November 8th, 1990. Potatoes, Arkansas. Well, heck, I've gone and sunk my hunks again. That's right, I lost the kids. I was heavy breathing at the back of this old dive bar, dust in all my pockets, checking the nooks and crannies for an old gullible ghost I read about in the paper. A real mischief maker. Very residual, very haunted. As a hunter, I was intrigued. Hunters understand. I asked around about flickering lights and deaths in the family. But the owner of the bar snuffed back and forth. Nothing strange, guy, he said, spooning heaps of salt in a plastic cup. Salt was hunter stuff. That was good. I would need hunter stuff. 
Well, anyway, he keeps spooning, saying he knows nothing about any ghost. That's when I noticed the metacarpal sticking out of the t-shirt front pocket. What's that, I asked. Oh, this? Just the old fingers of my great uncle... Jeremy, you're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> I need to do this again. I'm going to start from the, the t-shirt front pocket part. That's when I noticed the metacarpals sticking out of his t-shirt front pocket. What's that? I asked. Oh, this? Just the old fingers of my great uncle Tuck Gramcracker, who was murdered on this very spot by some witches on this day 13 years ago. He said, fingering the fingers. I knew I'd found my ghost. Turns out the spirit was hanging around, trying to get his fingers back. Or so I thought. I snuck back in that night, keeping the heavy breathing to a minimum. It was dark, cold. Not so human as those wet pipe factories I've been keeping the boys in. Plucked those metacarpals right from his front pocket. Torched them right there. Ghost gone, I said. That's a thing I say because I'm a hunter. Ghost gone. That's when the owner woke up. Gee, he said. Are those my metacarpals? Ghost gone, I said. But ghost not gone, I realized. Ghosts still haunt. I knew it was a hunt. Turns out there was an old graham cracker family heirloom. A Christmas plate. Funny place for a plate, I said. He laughed. I burned the plate, and we watched the ghost vanish. I was definitely breathing heavy, but I wiped the sweat from my brow and said, Ghost gone. It's a thing hunters say. He shook my hand and knocked some dust from my pockets. That I could agree with. But I told him ghosts were a secret. Hush now. I headed out the door, knowing that that was one more ghost gone. That's when I realized I'd sunk my hunks. I hadn't seen Dean and Sam in a while. I couldn't even remember ever seeing them in Potatoes, Arkansas. And I'd been here for four whole days. I left them back in Baskets, Michigan. I knew I had to head back and get them before they wound up and... Before they wound up, crawled in a duffel bag or clanking rust up a pickup truck. Ghost gone, John gone, I said, and hit the road. So yeah, John Winchester's a pretty weird guy, um, but that's what's in his diary. So I'll, read, I'll read, maybe read another uh, diary entry at some point, see if he uh, found his, his, uh, his boys again. At this point in the recording, it's me trying to get into Discord, but it's not really, it's not really loading. Give me some trouble. Hello, can you hear me, Jeremy? Hey. Sorry. I was, like, trying to get in for, like, a while, and it, like, wasn't loading, so I was just sort of talking. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't think you could hear me, but I have my recording going, so it's just silence, and... Yeah. Wait, what? What, what, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. 